Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Having a terrible week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redbit. How you doing, Jacob? I'm good. Uh, you know, you can just call me Colony Trash, though. Uh, you don't need to call me. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> is, that what, is that what she says? Oh, mannerless Colony Slob is what well, she called Hank uh, at one point. Yeah, that's what the, the kid calls him later is Colony Trash and Colony Slob. You know, I, I respond to either. Uh, you know, either is fine with me. Well, usually we're just two pairs of Colony Trash, but today we are not alone. We have a third person. You want to give them an introduction, Jacob? Sure, yeah. We're here uh, with someone who's not at all Colony Trash. We're here with Davis, Will, or Will Davis. I'm not sure if I should refer to you by your Twitter name, but, uh, you know, uh, host on the What You Doing pod, uh, everything in their... What, what is it called? Sorry. Everything in their brother? Everyone and their brother. Everyone and their brother. There we go. Uh, I mess it up go. all the time too, even even while I'm on the show. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, there you go. So I guess I'm I'm in uh, good hands. But we're joined by Will. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, Flamio Hotman. <laughs> Flamio. This uh, is a yeah. podcast with a lot of highlights. This yeah. one, like constantly, every time I'm watching it, I'm just like, oh yeah, I see this all the time. Uh, this is this is like very well known in Avatar lore. Yeah, I'm super excited to get into this episode. I think this is a lot of like the comedy in this episode really lands, I feel like. Yes. And also, it's just like it is the blend between like Footloose and Braveheart. Like it is, <laughs> it is two great movies into one. And I'm so excited that Avatar is just like, this is the crossover we need. I did not think we'd be comparing Footloose and Brave. I never thought I'd hear those two movies in the same <laughs> sentence. Yet here we are. Me either. Uh, honestly, I would not have thought we would be uh, here, you know, talking about Footloose and Braveheart, but but here we are. <laughs> uh, before we get too far into this amazing episode, Will, uh, what is your Avatar origin story? How'd you get into the series? 
Yeah, so my Avatar origin story is actually pretty closely related to this podcast. Uh, so for for years, uh, my friend Danielle and my friend Reed have been telling me, hey, you got to watch Avatar. I think you'd really like Avatar. And I just never got around to it until uh, you all had Felipe and Navi on here. Um, and I listened to both of their episodes without having seen the show. And I was like, okay, maybe this maybe this show is is good. I should watch the show. And then and then I finished the whole thing in you know a couple weeks. Nice. Great. Yeah, it was great. I, lo- I loved it. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm so glad that uh, you know we could get people into the show. Uh, it was great. I'm very glad actually that we're rounding off and getting all the hosts of what you're doing now on on the podcast. So I'm glad that we can check that off of uh, our podcast goals. But even more glad that we got you uh, into Avatar, however tangential. Um, who are your favorite characters? Like, what do you love about the series? Uh, yeah, as a relatively new watcher, uh, I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think first first watch through, I definitely related the most to Katara, how she's okay. sort of like the responsible one trying to hurt <laughs> cats a lot of the time. Um, Sokka was very funny. I I compared him the most to uh, Brock from Pokemon. Uh, I I thought they were they were. Very similar characters. Um, always got to love Uncle Iroh and and the wisdom that he dispenses. Uh, and then then Zuko's journey throughout the whole show. Just love love his character development is is great. Some great picks there. Yeah, uh, lots of good characters in the Avatar universe. And then if you had to say which uh, element you'd be uh, a part of, which which nation are you repping? I think it's either water or air. I think I'm probably the water tribe is is my guess. Okay. Uh, I I try and be as uh, go with the flow as possible. Um, I don't know if I would be a a water bender or a a bottled water bender. <laughs> do we want to get into that debate okay. again but but as soon as you take the bottled water out of the bottled water it would no longer be bottled water so being a bottled water bender would not be useful you could only bend it in the bottle see here's here's the thing i i, I don't want to i don't want to try and uh discredit your point at all but i i think i can maybe explain some of the discrepancy between between where where the bottled water out of the bottle is not bottled water, and the bottled water out of the bottle is bottled water. People are coming from. Uh, so words mean things. Sometimes words mean more than one thing. Uh, and bottle is is a noun that refers to like the vessel, this this you know long shaped vessel that you can put water in. Yes. Uh, bottle <laughs> is also a verb. Uh, which means the act of putting the water into that bottle. Uh, so, so I think whenever you say bottled water, you're actually talking about, you know, there are bottling companies which take water and put it into bottles and then, you know, distribute that for commercial use. Uh, and I, I, I think being bottled water is the fact that it went through that process of bottling. Okay. Uh, well, okay, okay. Uh, not to extend this too far, but what if I were to bottle water myself? Then does it become bottled water? Uh, it, I'm if, the bottler. If you are like doing it in some sort of like official factory setting, then sure, it's bottled water. But if I if I just take an empty bottle 
and I, you know, get tap water and, and fill my bottle up with city punch. Um, no, I don't think that's bottled water. Interesting. Well, what, is, it's still in a bottle, though, isn't it? Technically still like bottled punch in that case. Yeah, I think I think, you know, tap water in a bottle, I think is is tap water in a bottle. It's water in a bottle, but it's not bottled water because it didn't go through the, the bottling process. Interesting. Well, this, this is the debate that divided a nation. I mean, we've yeah. been talking about it for three episodes, so it's nice to hear some dissenting opinions. And I, I hope this is not the last episode this comes up. Uh, <laughs> at, at the risk, at the risk of creating more controversy, uh, this week, some, I said that word totally incorrectly, Contro- controversy? Yeah, you got it. Controversy. Thank, thank you, Zach. Um, is Friday night part of the weekend? Hmm. I don't think it technically is. I think the weekend is Saturday, Sunday. I mean, I guess Friday night, it could bleed into the weekend because then Friday night turns to Saturday morning, like once the clock strikes midnight. So I guess Friday night could be part of the weekend. Friday night from like 10 to 12 is like the wound. It's not the weekend, but then once it goes into Saturday, then it is the weekend. So it depends, right? And, and then that would also make like Sunday at eleven fifty nine the weekend, which seems a bit off. But I, I don't. I we're here. I'll, I'll re- reserve my judgment. Will, uh, where do you come down on the matter? I think I would. I would say the weekend. And it, it, it's a personal thing because it depends on everyone's work schedule. But I think the weekend starts whenever you get off work on Friday or the last day of the week that you work. Okay. Uh, you know, if if I get Friday off of school, I say, "Oh, I have a long weekend," and I would say that that Friday that I don't have work or school is part of the long weekend. Uh, so I think it's it's the weekend starts whenever you're you're done with your whatever official duties of the week. I, that that's my stance personally. I've had some people disagree with me. It's gotten a little heated, but. Uh, <laughs> Not not as heated as the bottled water. The bottled water I felt a lot more passionately about. Jacob, you get into a lot of heated debates, I find. <laughs> I'm just a passionate person, Zach. It's a yeah. firebender in me. I just want to argue with some people. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been in a passionate debate. I can't remember the last time. Well, uh, stick around me long enough, and I'm sure I'll come up with some random thing <laughs> that I, I care way too strongly about. But, uh, you know, we, we could also talk about Avatar, because this is an episode that I care really strongly about. I really think that this episode is just so much fun, especially coming off of last week, which was just not not bad, but it was like a lot of setup, a lot of like table clearing, all of that jazz. This this episode was great. Uh, Zach, what were your thoughts overall on the episode? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought the comedy in this episode really landed. I thought Will was talking about it in the pre-show, how like a lot of the background characters, even some of the background students just make me laugh. This was just a hilarious episode from top to bottom. And of course, the like Sokka is like the parent Wang fire and Sapphire fire. We'll get into all of that. That was pretty hilarious as well. So overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. It's a nice change of pace. It's been a minute since we've had one of these like slice of life episodes. So I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, the, the Sapphire Fire joke just feels like such like good improv that like I just absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh Anyway, uh, Will, what are your overall thoughts on the episode? Yeah, like you said, this was a, a great change of pace coming off like the, the heavier episodes with the Crossroads of Destiny and with the Awakening. This one is just, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's very like he gets to go to school and he's dancing in school and <laughs> it's, it's, 
like none of the stakes up until like the very end. There are no stakes in this episode. Um, Except the ones in the meat fair. There are a few stakes there. Uh, I'm putting time out for that joke. Um, yeah, I, I agree though. Like this is just a fun episode. Uh, and really I was just so excited watching it this morning, like coming on to talk about it. Cause I was like, there's just so many fun moments. I'm so excited to capture them all here. So yeah, we can get started. We start off with, uh, you know, something not too fun. We start with Zuko. He's unable to sleep. He's, you know, uh, really just fully going into his like brooding look with the cloak. Uh, he decides to like walk up to a volcano. I mean, this is like full moody energy. Uh, but his ultimate goal is to go to the prison where Uncle Iroh is being held. A guard spots him and he just walks away. This scene was a little odd. Weird way to start the episode. W- was this even needed? Like, was this needed to be shown at all? No, I don't think it needed to be shown, to be honest. Cause like, it's weird that he just ends up walking back. If this was the beginning of him walking to into and meeting Iroh, then it would make a little bit more sense. But yeah, I didn't think this really necessarily needs to be shown. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did like seeing the Fire Nation city. Uh, like we got a few shots of like the Royal Palace, uh, and stuff like that. But otherwise, like, I don't really know what I got from this. Uh, will, did this scene do anything for you? Not at all. Uh, I, 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 I tried to take notes on the episode and there are so many Zuko scenes in this episode that are just like 15 seconds or 30 seconds of screen time that like nothing really happens. So it's like these, these things are there, but I, it's like, what is there to talk about? Yeah. And it's like to remind you, I guess like, Oh, Zuko's here. Uh, like we're, we're going to use the character, but it is odd, especially to start the episode because like that's not at all what the episode's about. Uh, mm-hmm. so it felt a little weird. We've been talking about it longer than it was even a scene in the show. So we could move. <laughs> uh, the one of the first jokes that we get in the series or in the, not the series, there've been other jokes in the, uh, episode is they're in a cloud, uh, the Aang gang and they're like trying to go down and find this cave and Sokka's like scolding them for making noise, uh, as they're in this cloud. I thought this was really funny to have Sokka just be like the, no, everyone has to be quiet. Like mm-hmm. we have to be silent. Uh, we have to be a cloud that keeps our mouth shut. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was quite funny. Uh, Will, did you appreciate this uh, humor here from Sokka? Yeah, I, I like this. I liked how uh, he was concerned that the birds would hear them. And he's like, oh, these, these are enemy birds. They're <laughs> they're Fire Nation birds. Yeah, you think this is where the conspiracy theory started that birds are government drones. Uh, like, th- that is something that I think the inventor would do for the Fire Nation. Yeah, birds aren't mm. real. Oh, birds aren't real. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the name of the movement is is the birds aren't real movement. But they aren't real it, or they're it, government it, drones? Because they are real. Both. Seen them. Okay. Wait. Mm, what? Well, so the birds are not actually birds, but they are okay. government drones. That's okay. a long sentence to say. Birds aren't <laughs> it's a little bit more concise. <laughs> yeah, it's not as catchy. It doesn't fit on the billboards or the picket signs as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you lose a bit of nuance uh, with any tagline, I guess. <laughs> uh, I feel like you could have better branding, though. Like, birds or drones, I think, is more concise mm. than birds aren't real. Yeah, I like that. Should, should we contact their Twitter and just be like, hi, uh, I don't agree with you, but I did come up with some good branding. <laughs> Why don't you agree with them, Jacob? That's the most sensical movement I've ever heard of. 
Um, I don't know. I feel like I've seen birds. Uh, I feel like I've seen them do bird-like things, not drone-like things. But maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm just ignorant. I don't know. <laughs> I maybe I, I tend to like trust animals uh, pretty well, but I, may, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe Sokka's right. These are enemy birds. Such a weird movement. I don't know. Like out of all the things <laughs> to have a movement about, the yeah. fact that birds are not real. What an odd thing to like. What an odd hill to die on. I feel like it, it is odd. One of my favorite things uh, when I was at college was someone put up posters for this bird named Bobo that they claimed they lost, and these posters were everywhere. Like thousands of posters lined the neighborhood, and it was like, "Help me find my lost bird." And like it was all faked, but it was just so funny because every corner you turned, there were like twenty bo- Bobo bird posters, and it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I I absolutely love them. Bobo's uh, just a funny name for an animal. Oh, I feel and, like Bobo. And they they like drew like a they did like a hand drawing of this bird, and it was like so ugly and so unrealistic. <laughs> it just made it that much better. Uh, but that's the only bird conspiracy theory I believe in is that Bobo is not real. Well, there we go. Um, yeah. Just then as like Sokka is making fun of these birds for being enemies, uh, they do like jump on his head and like yell. I, I thought that was funny. Um, it, have we seen the birds yet that have like the awful screeching noises? Ah, we probably have, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like okay. we might have. I really don't like those birds. That's all I was going to say about that. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was fully expecting the bird that landed on Sokka's head to like peck his forehead or something. Yeah, or like poop a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel like we missed we missed a good little peck, peck or poop. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so then we see that uh, Sokka's got this plan. They're going to become cave people hiding in caves for the rest of their days. Uh, terrible plan. I do not understand why they have to live in caves, but whatever. Katara quickly realizes that they don't need caves. They just need a disguise. And they can instead blend in with the rest of the Fire Nation. Uh, and they can get food uh, so that they don't have to eat these little uh, cave hoppers, which uh, Momo doesn't seem to mind one bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, Momo devours that cave hopper. He like tears it from limb to limb. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It was it was a little brutal, uh, honestly. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that this was like a little sad from Sokka that he was just resigned to live in the cave. I feel like he could have come up with a better idea. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, they decide to go to a Fire Nation home where they steal some clothes. Uh, they start just taking clothes off the clothesline. Uh, th- yeah, like, the poor guy is going to wake up and he's not going to have, like, all of his kids' clothes. Like, someone's going to chew him out for losing them. Like, this poor guy. I wanted to know more about the guy who lost all the clothes. How did he not wake up? Because you see him <laughs> napping in the background. Yet, if a bunch of people were stealing clothes in my backyard, I'd probably wake up. <laughs> uh yeah i mean it, it looks like a pretty sleepy town like you're probably not too worried that people are gonna like steal random kids clothes like that's true i don't know I, may, maybe he's a heavy sleeper i don't know will are you a heavy sleeper um yes <laughs> i am i am a heavy sleeper if not a a snorer okay um you yeah. know it's this whole breath thing that i'm <laughs> i'm bad at breathing apparently <laughs> just in general um, yeah, just just in general, I, I get congested a lot. 
Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to hear that. The allergies like hit you a lot as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, maybe I need to get it checked out or something. I think I have bad allergies, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Well, my sister took an allergen test and she realized she's allergic to like everything. So maybe you don't want to take it because then like mm. you can't eat like foods that you normally like. And they do that like like uh, the little uh, swatch on your arm that's got like everything you could possibly be allergic to. They poke you with it. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That seems uh, kind of scary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in my favorite movie ever, uh, they do that test and the person thought that they were allergic to everything, but they were uh, actually allergic to the needle they used. Anyway, I just feel like that'd be super unfortunate. Uh, also, I love the Brothers Bloom, but that's a different story. Um, Zach, are you a heavy sleeper? Would you have slept through these kids cl- uh, stealing clothes? No, nah, I'm a pretty light sleeper. My neighbors always wake me up because they like they leave the room at the back, and I always hear them. So I, I'm a pretty light sleeper. I would have wake. I would have woken up and like chased Ang and them away. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I would have slept right through it. Uh, not a chance. I would have. I would have noticed. So you a deep sleeper? Yeah, I'm also like. When I'm sleeping, I'm super groggy. So if I was like waking up to them stealing the clothes, I'd be like, nah, it's not my problem now. I'll deal with it later. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially in the mornings, I, I cannot be trusted um, because my, my half awake self will find any way possible to hit the snooze button on my alarm or turn off my alarm. I have, I have so no. many um, screenshots on my phone. Because the the power button and the volume button are two different buttons that you can press to turn off your alarm. Uh, But if you hit both of them at the same time, it takes a screenshot. Uh, And I have gotten very good in my half awake state of like reaching my arm behind me and pressing one of those two buttons on my phone to turn my alarm off. Yeah. Um, And I I just have screenshot after screenshot of, hey, your alarm's going off. Um, if, you, if you press both, does it still turn off the alarm, or do you have to press one again? I don't know that I've been awake enough to know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Uh, uh, I should probably not be asking you. I should just test it myself. That is funny if you've created an album on your phone that are like failed wake-up attempts. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I have to set like multiple alarms in the morning. If I like have something to get to, I have to set at least three because I know like the first one, I'm not going to remember turning off. Like it, mm-hmm. like it will be off when I wake up, but I have no idea when that happened. Don't know what like when it was. And then I've also noticed sometimes I will text it when I'm in like a very uh, like unawake state, and the texts are like always like just complete nonsense. Uh, and then I'll like sometimes hit send, sometimes I'll just like spit in the drafts, but it's, it's rough out here being a not morning person. Yeah. I got a new job and I'm not excited for setting multiple alarms again. <laughs> I, I miss just sleeping in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the bad parts about actually having to work is that things happen early. Yeah. Facts. Not a morning person. I feel like everyone would be happier if the day started at 10 a.m. No, true. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, official stance. Um, so they all steal some clothes. They all get some little fancy clothes. Sokka tries out a bunch of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like he like uh, decides to, I guess, sh- window shop. Is that what it would be called? Uh, only one of them is like his size. So he didn't really have that many options unless he's like really trying to be risque. But I think he picked the right one. Yeah, real, real Goldilocks moment from Sokka here. 
<laughs> he's looking at all the clothes and some are way too big and some are way too small and you know the one he gets is just right yes nice. yeah i feel like goldilocks doesn't come up enough it's such a good reference but th- th- thank you thank you for bringing that one up i just heard someone reference goldilocks recently like on a podcast or something i've heard it referenced not too long ago so okay people are bringing it back yeah bring back goldilocks are there other like uh fairy tales we should bring back hansel and gretel that one's too scary Mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel's tough to apply to stuff because, like, you can have a Goldilocks moment where you're like picking between different things, just like her and the oatmeal. Whereas, yeah. like every other fairy tale, it's kind of like tough to make a one-for-one analogy. You don't her. often have a witch try to eat you. That's not a, <laughs> yeah. something in your daily life. No, no sadly, not a whole no. lot of moments where I'm trying to trap children in my oven. <laughs> oh no, I'm the one getting trapped, Will. Like it, it that too. It happens too often. No, Will's like the warlock slash witch, just trapping the children in the oven. <laughs> yeah, every time I go under a bridge in Chicago, everyone's trying to like ask me for uh, like tolls and stuff. Uh, I, I feel like I'm effectively just living a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Don't mention them enough. Um. Anyway, they put on clothes. Uh, do we like their outfits? Do they look good? Yeah, I think they all look good. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Great. Uh, I, I like Toph's joke with her shoes. She's like, great. Uh, I want to be able to see, but I need to wear shoes. So she just rips the bottom off of the shoes. Uh, classic look. Mm-hmm. And then you see the, the sole of the shoe hits Sokka in the face, and he's got the, the footprint still on his face. Yeah, yeah. The the mark that's left there is uh, that's a great like visual gag. Um, <laughs> and then Katara shows off her look, and this is where Aang is like full-on like blushing, like totally into her uh but then he notices that her her mom's necklace is there so she's got to take it off uh which it's got to be it's got to be hard for katara obviously uh obviously that necklace is very important to her um yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so anyway they decide to go into the city uh they get a few accessories here uh they get like a fire nation necklace a little crown a, a knot uh, Aang uses Momo as his accessory. Uh, mm-hmm. Best accessory? Any ones that stick out as being the best? I think Momo. Momo is the best accessory. Okay. Okay. I like Toph's <laughs> crown, but you know, yeah. Momo, Momo solid. What yeah, I like, I like the I like the crown a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I like that Katara got a necklace to replace the necklace that she had to take off. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is weird. Like, so I used to wear a watch and then like when I wouldn't wear it, I would always like grab my wrist being like, where is it? Like something's wrong here. So I'm sure it's very comforting for her to have the necklace so that, you know, she like at least feels the presence, even if it's not the same one. Uh, Felipe asked, what's our favorite piece of face or head fashion? Uh, does anyone have a go-to like a uh, go-to accessory? I'll usually wear a toque or a beanie. That's my go-to head fashion. Right now, I'm just rocking the hood because I don't know my toques are dirty. But okay, yeah, that's usually what I'm rocking. What about you, Will? What's I your go-to? I feel like go-to? this is a loaded question that Felipe knows that I have this Margaritaville hat right <laughs> next to where I podcast that looks like a parrot. I I don't understand why that's not always being worn. Uh, that's just the life of the party right there. I mean, why, why name the episode headband when we have Margaritaville hat? <laughs> I, I really went and looked for a headband yesterday to, to try and wear a headband on this podcast, even though, you know, this is a, an audio medium. No one would have seen it. Um, <laughs> I but I think it would have gotten me into the spirit of things. Yeah. Yeah. I would have appreciated it. I'm usually rocking a baseball cap. Um, 
I have one in particular that I really like that I got when I visited the Cubs in like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. It's like falling apart, but that's probably my favorite uh, piece of head fashion. I think Felipe would like it if I said my baby mask that I've worn. Uh, <laughs> he he was very scared last time when I wore it. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure that he will appreciate uh, the baby mask getting brought up. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Anyway, so Aang tells everyone that he uh, he knows the ways of the land. Uh, he used to visit his friend in the Fire Nation a hundred years ago, so he gets uh, he gets how how to like greet people. Uh, and the way he greets people is just by either saying "stay flaming" or calling people "hot man." <laughs> <laughs> I love Aang in this scene because he's just going up to random people like "hotman." Hotman, Hotman. <laughs> it's just too funny. He literally is just like to each person, just like as you would if you're just saying like hi to people on the street. He's like, Hotman, Hotman, hello. <laughs> like I've never greeted more people uh, ever myself, but he's just so jovial, I guess. I think it's one of those that, that you know, it's so, such a fun phrase to say that once if he's going to take every opportunity he has to, to call people Hotman. Yeah. Do you think he's been sad? He's been sitting on this one for two seasons. He's not had the appropriate excuse to do it. He's never he's never broken this out for uh, Azula or Zuko. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's like very excited now that he gets to finally like be in his element where he gets to go back to Hotman? I know that I would be. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I might like walk around the lake and just uh, tell people like, hi, Hotman. Hi, stay flaming mm-hmm. uh, to people in Chicago. It seems like a great time. <laughs> Stay flaming sounds like it'd be like a like a Cheetos tagline or something. <laughs> like the super hot Cheetos, like yeah. stay flaming. Stay flaming, yeah. Um yeah, I could see is it Chester Cheeto? Is that the guy's name? Chester the Cheetah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the Cheetah, not the Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> anyway, I could I could see him saying stay flaming. Uh, and then, okay, this is the most relatable part to me uh in the episode, is they go to a like a meat market. Uh, and Aang, the vegetarian, is like, oh, we're going to a meat place. And Sokka's like, come on, everyone eats meat. And Aang's like, I guess I'll get lettuce out of the garbage. Uh, <laughs> that, that like hit too close to home. That was like, that was it for me. Has he had to get lettuce out of the garbage before? Is this, I hope this is the first time that he's had to even entertain that notion. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've like, I think usually he's taken care of like anytime there's a feast, he's like, usually looks like he's eating plenty. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I, this, this might be the first time, but, uh, you know, it's the, the plight of the vegetarian, I guess. I, I wrote this down. You would think that there, if, if there was lettuce in the garbage, that somewhere there is lettuce outside of the garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Lettuce doesn't just grow in the garbage. No, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. And the lettuce in the garbage probably also has meat on it, so he can't even eat that. But yeah. the lettuce outside the garbage is probably just lettuce. <laughs> it's got to be somewhere. Well, I think you've cracked the case. There's yeah, got to be were- lettuce outside of the garbage. You're so observant. I never would have considered that, yeah. but... You are if you correct. take the lettuce out of the garbage, it's no longer garbage lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back to this. I debate. know, I know that this undermines my argument, but I actually disagree <laughs> with that. I think once it's touched the garbage, it's now garbage lettuce. <laughs> and I understand that this means that I'm wrong on the bottled water debate, but I don't care. Uh, 
All right. So yes, there's lettuce outside the garbage. That's good to keep in mind next time I'm in that situation. So I don't go to the trash can immediately. Uh, you've just saved me quite a bit of uh, gross eating experience as well. Yeah. Um, oh dear. Yeah, that's a great point. That You've literally blown my mind. Uh, we see a male soldier walk up to Aang and uh, the person's like, hey, we got you. Uh, you obviously don't belong here. And, you know, I'm, I was getting a little bit worried. I was a little bit worried, like, oh, maybe they know it's like Avatar somehow. But no, instead, uh, he's gotten caught playing hooky, uh, skipping school, as it were. Uh, yeah. And Aang makes the weirdest facial expression when they <laughs> find him out for play. I don't know if you got, if we got, can get a screenshot of that. His face just looks so funny. It's just, <laughs> he's like lo- looking all downtrodden, just like, like I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it was just the weirdest face I've ever seen Aang make. So. I, I'm not sure the face stuck with me, but now I'm like so curious. I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Uh, yeah. I'll try. I'll try to screen grab it and send it to you afterwards. Because all right, I, I appreciate that. Uh, have, have either of you played hooky? Have you ever skipped class? Yeah, back in high school, I used to always skip first block in grade 11, grade 12, because I'd always just be late, and I'd just be like, eh, F, F it, why, why even go to class? So I would skip first, because I had acting first block, it's like I was going to get an A in acting regardless of what I did, it was kind of a blow-off class, so I skipped a decent amount. Okay, yeah. When I was when I was a senior in high school, um, you know, everyone has, you know, a senior skip day or whatever, and so, some places it's more official than others. Uh, at my high school, it wasn't an official thing at all. It was just me I and my friends. We were like, hey, we're going to skip school on this day toward the end of school. And we're all just going to you know, drive to the city and go eat lunch in the city. Um, and I guess this this sentiment became popular enough around the senior class that the the administration started to pick up on it. And they're like, oh, all these all these kids are going to skip on this specific day. Let's have a mandatory assembly that morning. So we had I, I don't even remember what the assembly was about, but we had we had some assembly on this morning that we were all going to skip class. Um, so we just left after the assembly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the biggest example of the school being like, ah, oh, we've not smarter than we've gotten them. They like they have no choice, and, and you're just like, great, like uh, it's it's easy. You just skip right after. What would have happened if you didn't go to the mandatory assembly? What would the punishment have been? I don't remember. I I think there were. I don't remember. I think they were like threatening to say, "Oh, you can't go to all the like senior parties or prom or something if you're not here for this meeting." It was probably just an empty threat, but oh, fair. I I honestly don't remember. Like some okay. people were like legitimately sick. Like you you can't keep these people away. Mm. All these things are so hard to enforce. Um, the the first time I ever skipped school was to watch Sharknado. Uh, <laughs> what a great movie to skip school for! It was one hundred percent worth it. And then the next week, instead of going to choir, I watched Sharknado 2. And then the week after, I watched Sharknado 3. That's the only ones that had come out at the time. Uh, but it was such a fun thing to like skip the afternoon classes and watch Sharknado that we, I made it like uh, an almost month-long tradition. It was, it was very fun. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get caught, though. I, if I did, I probably would have made a face uh, as like nervous as Aang's, is my guess. Uh, I, I tried not to get in trouble, I guess. Uh, but... Anyway, Sharknado is just too good of a movie. <laughs> um, so Aang gets in trouble. Uh, he gets thrown into the class. Uh, and we have this teacher. This teacher is like 
the epitome of just like strict old, like very stern teacher. Uh, she, she introduces herself as being like, Oh, is this a new mind ready for molding? <laughs> Which is just such a, it's, it's, I, I'm not a teacher myself, but it's a teaching philosophy that I disagree with so much that I immediately hated the character. Uh, Will, a, as an educator, uh, like, what, what are your thoughts on this teaching philosophy? Yeah. I mean, as if, as if the later bits of the history lesson aren't, showing making some commentary on on education versus you know brainwashing of some sort uh this certainly doesn't help yeah <laughs> like as soon as she started speaking i was like oh don't like you already like uh you've already you've already gotten on my bad side uh not too happy there she's like, not even a teacher she's more so just like a peddler of fire nation propaganda rather yeah. than like teacher <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that is very true. Like, I'm sure this is how like the Fire Nation schools are run, like very regimented, very like, you know, matter of fact. Uh, but then Aang just has the best response. He's like, yep, let the molding begin. Like, he's, just so <laughs> he's so jovial that even when someone's trying to break his spirit, he's excited. That is like, that's the energy I just love out of the show. Ah, made me so happy. Uh, the teacher immediately realizes that he's not from the Fire Nation. Uh, she supposes that he's from the colonies, uh, which Aang quickly yes ands. Uh, Aang's improv skills in this episode are pretty good. I, I thought they were solid. Um, yeah. I, I'm yeah. With him. Yeah, he avoids getting caught a couple of times here. He's thinking on mm-hmm. his toes, his twinkle toes. So shout out Aang. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, it also helps that there's like a ton of assumptions though. Like he was kind of playing on easy mode. Like all of these people were just assuming, uh, that he was like from the colonies and like gave him the benefit of the doubt and like fell for obvious disguises. So yeah, let's not give him too much credit. Yeah. They really give us two of these fake outs right in a row. Like nothing to, not even a 15 second Zuko scene to break them up. <laughs> it's just, this guy's like, Hey, I've caught you. And then we're all scared. It's like, Go back to school. And then he gets to school and, and the teacher's like, hey, you're not from here. And then we get all scared. She's like, you're from the colonies, right? It's like, oh. You know what's <laughs> the worst thing is I fell for them both. <laughs> and I've seen this show before. I, I literally was like, oh, yeah, crap, he's going to get caught. And I was like, wait, no, no, he's not. Like, literally back to back, didn't matter. Uh, I, I was baited both times. <laughs> Well, that's fine. That's why this show's made for me is that I will fall for it every single time. Doesn't matter how often I've watched it. Um, yeah, so she makes him like bow to the elders. I do appreciate that she's a little bit considerate. Uh, she says, we're not allowed to wear head coverings indoors. Aang says he's got a scar. And she says, that's okay. I, I thought this was good. I would not have expected her to like capitulate here, but I'm very proud that she did not, you know, force the hand here. So at least she's got that going for her. She's at least a little bit considerate. Yeah. Is she just used to students having scars in the Fire Nation? Mm-hmm. Is that why? Is that how abusive Fire Nation parents are, sadly? Yeah, you know, that's a much darker side. Though. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. Will, is it just because all, like, all the students are just getting into too many Agni Kais? Oh, that too. <laughs> yeah, they're just Agni Kaiing it up. The, the teacher's like, oh, your dad also challenged you to an Agni Kai? <laughs> all right. Like, it's been, it's become the trend the past like few years is like, dad's just, never mind. This is a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll just abandon it. My bad for leading us down this rabbit hole. Um, uh, 
yeah. anyways, this is where we get where she calls him. She's like, whoa, what's your name? Or should we just call you mannerless colony slob, which I found mm-hmm. pretty funny. Yeah. And then Aang, again, with the improv, is just like, oh, just slob is fine. Uh, like, <laughs> jokes for days. So witty. I mean, last week we talked about how good Aang would be to take home uh, to, like, meet the parents. Like, Aang's also class clown energy. Like, he's the type of person you want around your friends. The Avatar is the whole package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole episode is really a good showcase for Aang, to be honest. So, good yeah. job, Aang, here. Yeah, th- this is probably not, like, a super hot take that the Avatar is, like, an ideal person to hang out with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's not doing the best job at the plan of, like, oh, let's blend in and not raise any suspicion <laughs> while we're here. But, uh, I mean, that's that's never been who Aang is anyway. Correct. Yeah. 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 He, he doesn't even really try like the whole time. Like he could have just like sat there silently, you know, did his bowing, blah, blah, blah. But no, uh, he's there to like have a full childhood experience. And I think like he's owning that rather than actually trying to blend in, uh, probably much to shock Sokka's chagrin. Um, but so then, uh, the, the day's over. Uh, he makes it through one entire day. Uh, he starts talking to Momo immediately. To which someone calls him out, uh, like immediately and says, don't let the headmaster catch you with the monkey, which is like, what a weird way to introduce yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's looking out for him though. So she's just being a nice stranger, I suppose. That's, that's, uh, that's fair. Uh, yeah, we, we meet, uh, we meet her here on Jin. Uh, she's, she, or on G. She's very kind. Uh, she says she's not a tattletale. And she appreciates his headband. Uh, is this what middle school flirting is like? Yeah, I guess so. Even though, spoiler alert, she has a boyfriend. So, <laughs> I mean, that that doesn't stop her. She seems to be locking eyes with Kuzan. True. Uh, she is vibing with Kuzan. You're right. Yeah. And then, yeah, we meet this guy who's just like a total tool. Uh, like, <laughs> just a jerk. Uh, Aang, Aang says that he's one of the popular kids that they've been hearing about. Uh, and he like immediately is like making fun of him because he's from the colonies. He says like, "Oh, this girl's my girlfriend. Like, don't forget it. Get out of my face. Like, just rude. Uh, just a disrespectful person." I guess this is what Fire Nation people are like, but I, I was not about it. Yeah, this guy's like the classic like douche bully type in any high school movie. Just like, oh, what's that dude from Back to the Future? What's his name? That big ugly guy. Biff? But yeah, his name? huh? Biff. Biff, yeah, just like Biff or whatever his name is, but Biff. Yeah. Um Yeah, so we we see uh that that yeah, this guy is like bullying him. Uh Aang is just like super super happy. Uh doesn't care. He's living his best life uh and he says like, "Oh, it's good to meet you." Like just vibing along. Um yeah, then we see this random kid uh, roll up, and he keeps saying, like, oh, he didn't beat you up, not even a little. Zach, I've got to ask, has anyone beat you up a little? <laughs> uh, I guess it's like, if you just get, like, a slap in the face, maybe that's just, like, a little getting beaten up, or, like, one punch. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been in a fight where it was just, like, one slap or one punch? Um. Yeah, I, I've never been in a fight with one slap or one punch. Uh, I feel like I either get beat up a ton or I've never gotten beaten up. Like, I've never been beat up a little. Like, a little beating up is just not the amount that I... that it, Like, it's not one of the increments of beating up. Will, have you ever been beaten up a little? Just a little um, bit? 
Just just a stoosh. I'm sure growing up with with three brothers, I probably got beaten up a little at some point. Okay. Um mainly because they they uh you know, are being related to them they're they're known to show mercy i'd say <laughs> but if it's just a, a guy who actually you know expresses some sort of vitriol uh they they uh won't quit whenever it's obvious they won yeah exactly like okay so i maybe i didn't consider the whole like family approach but i did just think it was so funny to say like uh not even a little uh, and then they, they say that they're going to go play a game called Hide and Explode. Uh, Will, you came up with the last game for us, uh, Fixing Rock, Paper, Scissors. Would you like to come up with the rules for Hide and Explode? Yeah, I was I was trying to think what this game would be like. <laughs> um, it, it, I don't know. Maybe it's it's just hide and seek, but instead of tagging them, you you blast them with some kind of... Fi- maybe this is where the kids are getting all their scars. Oh, there we go. <laughs> a nice, like, PG... Yeah, yeah, a nice, like, PG version of what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel... So, like, I feel like when I was a kid, you know, hide-and-seek was a game, but then, like, the, like, ultimate mode was, like, hide-and-seek tag, where, like, after you found the person, you then had to tag them. That was, like, way more fun. I always want to play that one. Mm-hmm. It sounds like these kids just, like, upgraded to hide-and-explode, where after you find them, you just, like, shoot them with, like, a firebolt. It seems insanely <laughs> dangerous. I can't imagine that they've outlawed dancing in this town, but they haven't outlawed exploding children. But <laughs> I mean, look, I, I don't know about educational policy here. Uh, I just I cannot imagine that this makes sense. Uh, but I'm sure Aang has a great time. Uh, I'm sure that Aang is, is great at hide and explode. Uh, I feel like I would be better at the hiding part, um, even if I was a firebender. I feel like I, I would not be able to like fully... like flame someone maybe i'm wrong you know who'd be really good at this game sparky sparky boom man who we see Mm. at the end of the episode (laughs) he would just be making everything explode that is true although his aim is terrible we'll we'll get to that later but he's got like stormtrooper-esque aim (laughs) it's really really bad true true he i don't think he lands a single clean shot on them at any point in the series no, and he's, like, so vulnerable. Like, for someone who seems so powerful, he really is just, like, just barely on the edge of, like, working. Barely functional at all. Uh, but anyway, so they go play Hide and Explode. Uh, we sadly don't see it, uh, but, you know, you can leave that up to your imagination. We get back. Uh, Aang comes back to the Team Avatar cave, and Katara goes, like, full mother. Uh, she's like, where have you been? We've been worried sick about you. Uh, I love this from Katara. Very in character. I thought this was great. Yeah, and Sokka's incensed that Aang went to school. And you know what? As as they should be. They should be mad that Aang went to school. Because <laughs> it's like, it's such an easy way for their cover to be blown, to have Aang going to school. Like, instead, he should have just, like, ran away from the Fire Nation soldier and just, like, went back to the cave. Like, there's no upside to him going to school. But he does it just to have fun, I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of feel like once the guard tells you you have to go to school, then you do have to, like, at least go. But then, like, maybe escape at lunch, like, sneak out after, like, the classes are over. But he, like, comes back late. Like, we saw when school ended. Like, it was daylight. When he gets back, it's nighttime. Like, Hayden explodes, like, a four-hour, like, full fest of games. Uh, yeah, Will, Will, do you think it was a bad choice for him to stay in the school? Yeah, my, my notes here say Sokka is rightfully upset here. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like he, you know, like I said earlier, he's not doing a good job of, of keeping things quiet and, and trying to stay in cover. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your note summed it up quite well. Uh, he's, he's not really doing his best to hide. Uh, we cut back to a, a nice little 15 second Zuko scene who he's also not doing his best to hide. Uh, <laughs> the guards telling him like, Hey, uh, like stop what you're doing. He's like, Oh, Prince Zuko and Zuko, like, like Zuko, a, a like teenager kid, just so we're clear picks the guard up and slams a full grown man against the wall and says, I'm going in. And that must be like, that's like so badass. Like we've seen other badass moments in this series, but the fact that Zuko picks up a full ass man and throws him against the wall, like damn. And Zuko's not even that. I mean, he's lost. He's not as jacked as like this dude. So it's just crazy. He's picking up like this, like 200 pound man when he's like, I don't know, probably like 180 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Uh, well, and Zuko's like, he's strong, but he's like cut. This guy's like a bigger guard, like in full guard attire. And he like throws him against the wall. Uh, that's the only important part of the scene. Uh, he says hi to his uncle, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know much to say on that. Yeah, well, we get say. to more. To more of them talking later. Yeah, so. I, I have more to say about the fact that he threw a man against the wall. Uh, Will, <laughs> do you have anything to say about this scene? Oh uh, no, I think I think you summed it up pretty well. <laughs> He's bullying this guard for his lunch money. Yeah, the, I, beating him up, not even just a little. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, not a little. He he totally uh, dominated him here. Um, anyway, so now we get back to Sokka. Sokka's like scolding Aang, uh, for, for going to class. Uh, then Aang comes up with something that he's like trying to justify it a bit. He's like, Hey, I've got this picture of Fire Lord Ozai. I'm learning stuff. And then he shows his arts and crafts. Um, <laughs> I know Aang's a child, but what? Uh, like, what the actual <laughs> hell? <laughs> uh, oh. I like, I, I'm I'm like shocked that he's making these like noodle crafts look so bad. Uh, Will, what what are your thoughts on these noodle crafts? Yeah, I, I had the the same thought. Yeah, I see this this picture of Ozai. I I I don't know how they didn't know what he looked like before then, but I I guess that makes sense that you know they've not been in the Fire Nation yet. But uh, yeah, he he pulls out the the little macrame art of Ozai, and exactly what the hell is even that? <laughs> It's funny. It's a funny joke to like be like, here's a picture and here's what I made at class today. But like, it is just su- such low quality. Like, I expect more out of Aang. Uh, he's like a skilled fighter, very skilled in other things, like, no art abilities. How that- old is Aang? Is Aang like 11 years old? Because aren't they too old to be making noodles, uh, noodle crafts? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> they've aged out of that. I feel like that's something you do in like kindergarten, not in like elementary or middle school. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's, you know, in like upper elementary age, like 11, 12 region. Like, it, it is a little bit weird for him to be making noodles art uh like yeah zach would your noodle art have been better than ang's no mine would have been worse worse than <laughs> yes. yeah mine would have been worse it would have been worse i'm not an artist I, I i know for a fact like y'all are roasted ang you would be roasting me 10 times harder there's not a <laughs> chance in fact you're making me tempted to go make noodle art tonight just to prove how good <laughs> I can make my noodle art yeah, no, I couldn't make noodle art anymore. All right, I might have artist. to do this. I can't post it on this. Twitter if you do. All right, I guess uh, I've got a new activity for the night. I'm going to make some <laughs> noodle art. Uh, okay, nice. Well, spe- spe- speaking of activities related to our podcast, you see Dan ended up going on his spite run. Oh, yeah, the spite yes. run. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, not only did he go on the spite run, he clarified that it's not spiteful against us. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he went on the spite run. Zach, we got to do something for spite. Yeah, I don't know what exactly to do, but you're right. We do got to do something. I'm just not the athlete Dan is. I can't be running mm-hmm. around my city spelling out the word spite. <laughs> like, at, at a very fast pace. Like, yeah. like, I know like he does this like running thing like quite a bit, but like he's running around like cities and stuff like quite quickly. So hats off for him. 3.51 uh, miles out of spite. That's, that's a lot of spite. That's, that's quite spiteful. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that my spite run would be that long. I think I might get a uh, 0.351 miles. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. If anyone has suggestions on what Zach and I can do a spite, please do let us know. Uh, we got to make a spite cast at some point, I guess. Make spite noodle art, I suppose. <laughs> well, that I'm actually going to do quite well. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm about to like crush it. It's going to be really embarrassing when I actually make it and it looks worse than Aang. So I'm not. Really <laughs> I've been talking such a big game right now. Uh, uh, it's going to be embarrassing. Um, anyway, so Sokka finds his art very impressive, uh, which is even worse. But then they find out about a secret river that goes right to the Fire Lord's palace. Now, is this just a straight up lie? Or like an Aang wants to go to Classmore? Or is there like secret river, secret rivers, secret tunnels? Like, what's the deal here? Is this real? I took this as a lie. I, I thought Aang just wanted to keep going to school. That, that is what it seems like. Because like, why would they be telling the kids about the secret river in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Why would they be teaching children about this so-called secret river? I agree with Will. I kind of thought this was just like a tongue-in-cheek lie from Aang to go back to school. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, Sokka falls for it quite easily. Um, yeah. And then Aang is like, Flamio, hot man! And Sokka's <laughs> like, Flamio? Uh, which, like, the, the whole Sokka and Katara's parents this episode is so funny, uh, with Aang, like, saying the new hip term and Sokka being like, what? Uh, I, I appreciated that. Sokka, Sokka's a really funny line earlier where he's like, I'm trying to be mature and not immediately shoot down your idea, <laughs> but it sounds really terrible. And his delivery on the line, shout out Jack Desania, the voice actor. The delivery was on point there. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that is, that is funny. Uh, Sokka's usually the person who's game. Like, he's usually the one to, to say it's fine. So if he's saying your idea is bad, like, you've messed up somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now we get another scene with Zuko and Uncle Iroh. Uh, Zuko is like berating Uncle Iroh, uh, I guess. Like he's getting mad at him for doing the wrong thing, even though like uh, I'm definitively on Uncle Iroh's side. Uh, he essentially says like, you're a fool for not joining us. You could have been a hero. Instead, you're in jail. Uh, then he insults him for being crazy. He claims he'd be sleeping in a gutter if he wasn't in jail. Like, uh, poor guy. I mean, Uncle Iroh is doing nothing wrong, just getting berated. And I push back on the gutter line, especially because, like, obviously we know Zuko's just lashing out because deep down Zuko knows that, like, he made a mistake. But that's just objectively false because if Azula didn't con Iroh into coming to the Earth King's palace, then Iroh would just be chilling in the Earth Kingdom with his tea shop. He wouldn't be living in a gutter. He'd be living, like, quite affluently, to be honest. So I don't know. I don't know what Zuko's talking about here. Yeah. He would have been in the upper ring. His tea was yeah. burning. Like, his tea was fire. Mm-hmm. 
just like his nation. Like his tea was really good. <laughs> he he would have been uh, crushing it. So Zuko yeah. was like not only disrespectful but totally wrong. Uh, Will, what what were, what were your thoughts on him uh, telling Uncle Iroh off? Yeah, I I love Uncle Iroh's response to this, where he's just not responding to any of it. Um, to where mm-hmm. like I think deep down Zuko knows that he made a mistake, and Iroh knows that he knows that, but. If he tries to tell him anything like, oh, you know, you made a mistake, then then Zuko's just going to lash out against that and and rebel against it again. But by like not even responding, he's let letting Zuko discover this for himself uh, that that he knows that that he messed up and, and needs to make something right about it. Yeah, Uncle Iroh is really smart about this type of thing. He always knows when to push Zuko and when pushing him will actually push him away. Like. Multiple mm-hmm. times he does things for Zuko uh, that he knows are probably not in the best interest, but he knows he has to do them to not push him away. Like uh, the thing that comes to mind is at the beginning of season two when they go and they meet with Azula, and Uncle Iroh knows like this is probably a trap. This is not good. Like we shouldn't be doing this. But instead of leaving Zuko to himself, he decides to accompany him. Uh, and I really do think that like Uncle Iroh's maturity shines through here by not speaking up and being like, no, you're the crazy one. You're literally with a murderer that's your sister pretending to play house. Like he mm-hmm. could have absolutely roasted <laughs> them, but instead he, he maintains his composure. Um, and he just gets yoked as we'll see in a later episode. True. Yeah. He gets he prison can- hot. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He- Is that a thing? Prison hot? I've never heard that term before. I mean, I've heard Island Hot for like Survivor. Is yeah, maybe, maybe I'm confusing Island Hot with like Prison Buff. Oh, prison there we buff. go. Okay, prison yeah. Buff, yeah. Uh, prison Hot, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like you know, <laughs> Prison Hot. That, that, that everyone likes one. a bad boy. That's true. There's <laughs> <laughs> there's this uh, video on TikTok right now where this guy is like, everyone loves a bad boy, and then he does like very small bad things, like putting metal in a microwave. I guess it's actually pretty <laughs> dangerous, but he just does a bunch of small things. And that's just so funny. Like it had me dying when I was watching it, but anyway, should, should we make an avatar version of it and do like slightly bad avatar things? Try like what? It's just I mean, them knocking over the, the cabbage cart all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Just yeah. destroying the poor man's cabbages. Yeah, or like uh, going down the mail chute, like Aang going down the mail chute, and uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like Aang's kind of a bad boy, you know. He he breaks yeah. the rules now and then. A little rebellious boy, yeah. Rebellious boy, ooh, that's even better than a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so funny because on the podcast they were talking about retiring the term "bad boy." That's what Rob and uh, Kirsten and them were talking about in the Survivor China podcast. How the term mm. "bad boy" should never be used again. Well, we can replace it with rebellious boy, or we can say it 20 more times like we have so far. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. The only bad boy I like is the Billy Eilish song, Bad Guy. That's the only mm. one that, that matters to me. Uh, Pretty fire song. I, I agree. Obviously, I've got to m- mention Billy on every podcast at this point. Uh, Anyway, so we get back to the classroom. We are going in to start the day and they start the day with a Fire Nation oath. Now, this is something that like, you know, people would do in in class, like do the Pledge of Allegiance to the U.S. flag. I I was I think it's stupid. Uh, Zach, is there an equivalent thing in Canada? 
No, Canada, we never had to do anything like this. Thank God. (laughs) I would never want to be indoctrinated like this, just repeating Fire Nation quotes. So, no, Canadians are not that nationalistic as you Americans. So, we never really had to do anything like this. Yeah, we had to um, both do the, the National Pledge of Allegiance and salute the flag of the state of Oklahoma. We did the same. We had we had a, a Texas flag uh, that we like did an allegiance. Uh, we like pledged allegiance to the Texas flag, and I was like, I don't even like this state. Like, why would I pledge allegiance? <laughs> I'd like to leave now. Um, but this like it seems so ridiculous because I'm watching this in the Fire Nation, and I'm like, oh my god, these like kids are brainwashed. But like literally, they do this every day in American schools. Like that's mm-hmm. that's whack. Um, yeah. That's wild. But any thoughts on the Pledge of Allegiance? I can read it here. Uh, my life I give to my country. With my hands, I fight for Fire Lord Ozai and our forefathers before him. With my mind, I seek ways to better my country. And with my feet, may our civilization continue. Eh, pretty boring, to be honest. They could have made their propaganda a little more fun, at <laughs> least. I don't know. Okay. I think, I think you all need a, a podcast pledge. uh, my life i give to my podcast (laughs) with my voice i fight for lord josh wiggler Wiggler with my jokes i seek to better the podcast community uh and with my audacity stream i hope to make it to your audio feed (laughs) there we go look at that we just you guys just created a podcasting pledge Okay, but we can't just do it on this podcast. We have to get like uh, Kevin Mahadeo on it. Like we have to get everyone. Like yeah, this is this is now a thing. Um, all right, I, I will. Uh, I will. You know, we'll have a post show recap summit, and we will say, "Now listen, we must have the podcast pledge to the Lord Josh Wiggler." <laughs> I'm sure Josh will appreciate that. I'm sure he would look so uncomfortable, like Lord Josh Wiggler. <laughs> I know some people call him daddy, but I think Lord might be more uncomfortable. I don't want to know who calls him daddy. Is is daddy worse than bad boy? Yes. I think so, personally. Okay. I I think bad boy is like a little more cringy because daddy's like obviously ironic. Like if you're calling someone daddy, it's like a joke. But like some people will say they're actually a bad boy. I don't know. I've I've seen the term "daddy" used unironically sometimes. It's just not as fun. Like "bad boy," I feel like is harmless. I feel like it's just like comical. Whereas "daddy," just like Ugh, I don't know. Okay, uh, fine. I, you you could not say either of them to me, and I wouldn't be too upset. So, okay, there we go. Um, Will, are you more of a daddy or a bad boy? Oh, hmm. I think I'm I'm more into uh, evil boys. E v i l b o i s. <laughs> Uh, the song from Phineas and Ferb. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. That is the right answer. Yeah, no no more rebellious boys, no more bad boys, evil boys are all we need. Um, anyway, so while we're doing this Fire Nation uh, allegiance, Aang is Aang's just guessing uh, at the words and instead of, you know, being quiet or like mouthing the word watermelon, uh, which is like a nice hack if you don't know the words, Instead, he just decides to like pick out a few words, say blah blah blah, continue <laughs> going on. Uh, such a class clown! I love this energy. 
I love to just be like, blah, 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 fire nation, blah. Like he just <laughs> didn't give two Fs. Like he just he didn't care at all. Shout out egg, man. Yeah. Too correct. Uh, this is like something that he probably could have like, you know, faked his way through, but he, he doesn't care. Um, yeah. So then the next thing we, uh, we, or I guess we stay here with the teacher. The teacher's like, uh, saying, okay, now we're going to have a pop quiz on our like civilization's history. Uh, what year did Fire Lord Sozin battle the Air Nation army? And Aang is like primed for this question. Like Aang is ready to go. He has the information. He's coming with the receipts. He's like, they didn't have an army. It was an ambush. Uh, and yeah, the teacher's not happy about that. The propaganda says no. Yeah, she also calls it the the Great March of Civilization. So uh, yeah, this this episode is very much like come for the fun adventures, stay for the commentary on imperialism and how t- history is taught to make the oppressor feel more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's fact. That's a really astute observation, Will. That's true. Oh, man. You, you wouldn't expect this from a Nickelodeon cartoon, but here it is. Yes, Nickelodeon, like, generally, is just, like, silly shows, not a ton of, like, content or, like, uh, thought behind it. Avatar does not shy away from this type of stuff. Avatar will go full in and be like, this is what genocide is, kids. This is what imperialism is, imperialism is kids. Like, I appreciate that Nickelodeon's like, boom, like, uh, read your, open your textbooks and question stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I did appreciate this. It does just feel so weird to live in a country where this is like, kind of how we have our history though. Like, yeah. So much of U.S. history is just like uh, it's as blatant as like what year did Fire Lord Sozin battle the Air Nation Army? Like that is like the type of stuff we'd be learning in in our history classes. I don't know if Canada was as bad, but like just thinking back to my U.S. history classes, it's like rough out here. Yeah, luckily for me, Canada wasn't as bad. Like I said, we're not as nationalistic as you guys. And to your point about Avatar, they've been doing this since like season one, which is crazy. Just the mm-hmm. commentary on a lot of these big. To world topic issues yeah um, well, and, and for as old as this show is too it's still very relevant to today yeah like there's still huge fights now about you know what adults think should be in the curriculum taught in schools yeah uh i i agree and it's like yeah it's kind of sad that like this avatar show like it seems like such a caricature of what like real life is but then like it really is like the actual debates going on right now are like pretty centered around this type of thing um i I do appreciate that ang is willing to stick up for this though like i think that you know obviously it's not like uh, a kid's place to have to speak up but i do appreciate that ang is like no like this is wrong uh and i i like that he's like brave enough to speak up it helps that he has like you know the the receipts behind it to to back him up but i i thought this was good um, he, he does just like end up writing down his best guess. Uh, since he was there, I figured that he's going to get an A on this. So maybe he'll, uh, <laughs> maybe he'll pass it. I don't know. I don't know if the Fire Nation appreciates the first hand accounts though, if it doesn't line with their like propaganda. So maybe he'll get an F. Who knows? That is true. It's- I'm not sure he's too concerned with his grades in the class. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Considering he's only going to be there three days. I think right. he's got something bigger to worry about than, than, you know, what score he gets in his <laughs> history class. 
But see, <laughs> this is how it relates to me. Is like in middle school, like none of it mattered. But like uh, that—that's what I was worried about. It's like you know, did I get like a you know an eighty or an eighty-five on the on the history test? Like these are the things that mattered. Uh, if if question one was what year did Fire Lord Sozin battle the Air Nation army? Like what's uh, what's question two? Is it like uh, like on a scale of one to ten, how great is Fire Lord Ozai? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean. Like, I, it, it's got to be. Or like, uh, like is Uncle Iroh like a, a piece of garbage? Or like, is he a brave warrior? Like that type of thing. Like, I'm just trying to think of other questions around out the pop quiz. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then the next the next thing we get to is uh, they're in music class. Uh, they're playing some instruments. Uh, they are, you know, in band and Aang just starts going at it. He starts playing his own thing, really riffing, uh, feeling the jazz of it all, I guess. He's also like dancing around. Th- this was, this was wild. Uh, I didn't expect that Aang would be a great, uh, hornist, uh, to, what is it called? Sungi, Sungi horn. Sungi hornet. I think Iros joked about playing this or like having somebody play mm-hmm. it on music night. The Sungi horn has popped up before. That is true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but he's like clearly not very good uh, at the instrument. Did either of you play an instrument uh, in school? Yeah, I I played the trombone for many years. I have I have two trombones sitting right across me in this room. Two. Uh, yeah, you know you so one of them I used for marching band. I was in marching okay. band in, in for uh, five years in college, uh, and then the other one I used for. Uh, inside band as they say um where the the one that i keep inside is is a little bit nicer the sound quality is a little bit better the marching band one is you know a little bit louder do they actually call it inside band no (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't it just be called orchestra or like uh um yeah or orchestra probably refers to like a specific uh orchestration of instruments for back of lack of a better word Okay. But uh yeah, something like a like a wind ensemble or a concert band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- uh, something like that. Band. Yeah. Okay. If they called it inside band, I was gonna be like, gee. Yeah, it's what me and my friends called it. Great. Outside <laughs> band and inside band. Okay, that makes more sense that you have an outside instrument and an inside instrument. I was like, I mm. do not know why you need two. I'm not sure why you're playing two at once. <laughs> oh, not at once. Though uh, like I've seen people who can play two trumpets at once because you can kind of hold a trumpet in one hand and and play. Um, but a trombone, you kind of need both hands to use. What if you had someone else doing like the other parts of the hands? Like they they were doing like this part and you're just playing. Yeah, you could. I think you could technically do it. it like n- none of it is going to sound terribly good because you're really changing from from buzzing out of the middle of your mouth to buzzing out of two sides of your mouth. Yep, um, I'm sure it'd be trash, but yeah. I, I'm just trying to break the boundaries of music over here. Uh, just trying to push the limits with yeah. your dual wield trombone build. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 we could try it. Uh, Zach, did you play an instrument ever? No, sadly, I didn't. I wish that's one of my biggest regrets from childhood. I wish my mom just like forced me to play an instrument or a martial art or something. Yeah, yeah no. Ch- I mean, I played like a recorder in like grade one, and that was about it. And we talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, love a good recorder song. Um, yeah, I played the French horn uh, only because no one else was playing the French horn, so automatic first chair. Uh, so I could brag about that. 
Uh, I did not like it, nor was I very good. I think my skill was about Aang, uh, about Aang's skill. Although I was better at like playing quieter, so at least it wasn't mm-hmm. as clear that I was very bad. <laughs> this Sunki horn is pretty pretty similar to a French horn, I think. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it, it's like a French horn, except it also wraps around your body. Yeah, which which like kind of discriminates against who can play it. So I think the French horn yeah. is probably a better instrument. Yeah, <laughs> if like if it's like oh no, you can only be like a size twenty eight waist, or you cannot play the Sunki <laughs> horn. Like that that seems like it seems bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think? Of, oh, continue, Jacob. I was going to say this music teacher is like quite a character. Like I was I just about to say, yeah, yeah. Zach, what are your thoughts on this guy? Yeah, I, don't, I was just I was just about to say, what are you guys' thoughts on this music teacher? Because this guy's an interesting dude. He's <laughs> like, I know sometimes we're so moved by our love for our nation, we can't control our own bodies, but get it together, which is just such a weird line to say to anybody. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure I've ever like thought about my own nation that excitedly but i love his hairdo he's got like a goatee that's like very small but goes down very far and like his face is just so like round that the like triangle goatee really just like uh hits quite different and then he's got the bun in his hair like it's it's not a bad look yeah I, i didn't mind it he's like a little bit rude but i don't know well what were your thoughts on the music teacher I, I also really like the line where it's like, uh, you know, if you really can't help yourself, you can <laughs> march in place silently. <laughs> and Aang is just like sitting there moving his knees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause Aang's like so excited that he's like dancing along, just acting an absolute fool. Uh, and yeah, he, the music teacher's like, he's like, no, you can't dance, but you can like step your feet back and forth if you have mm-hmm. to. Kudos to the music teacher for being understanding enough to be like, okay, this kid wants to dance, but instead we'll just let him march in place. Yeah, that, that is true. If we have to rank the teachers, the music teacher is definitely the best of the teachers. I'd say even better than the headmaster as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say they're all bad and they should all be fired, but uh, music teacher is the best of them all, I guess. Uh, will, do you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. For okay. sure. Great. Uh yeah okay well there you go so we uh we at least have consensus on the the quality of the teachers um and then we get to the scene that I've seen like a thousand times uh because this is the scene that when you hover over Netflix it comes up uh, and they start showing it so every time where I'm about to start an episode I watch this exact scene so I have to say I I've seen this too many times. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. That, that's also exactly why I picked this episode was because of this scene. Um, this scene? As as a new watcher of this show, I I knew very little about the show. I knew Ang was the bald guy and was the last Airbender. Great. But whenever it comes up on Netflix and you hover over it on Netflix, it's it's this kid named Kuzan. And he's fighting in a Fire Nation school. I know none of these people out of context. <laughs> I was yeah. so confused by just seeing this this scene, not seeing the rest of the show. Yeah, and it's such a weird scene for them to clip because it's not like once you've seen the show, you're like, oh yeah, that's that character that's like so iconic. Like, oh yeah, being called Kuzan makes so much sense, even though his name's Aang. Like, none of this makes sense. This is like probably one of the worst clips they could have put. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, this, this is, uh, definitely like now iconic because it comes up all the time. I didn't mm-hmm. know this is why you picked the episode though. I assumed it was That's part of, of it or like the flamio hot man or something like that. But 
That's good to know. To play devil's advocate, though, I think this was a decent choice for them for Netflix to choose because they um this is a easy this is, doesn't have spoilers like it's not there's it's spoiler verse like you can watch this scene and not like will watch it didn't understand anything happening whereas like if they showed I don't know the final battle or something in like one of the scenes what what would you have chosen instead, Jacob? Yeah, I was trying to think like. Um, maybe I'm just like a bit biased because I had already been thinking about it earlier, but I think like the scene uh, where Aang's like going down the mail chute and uh, in Omashu, like that's a fun one. Uh, it like captures kind of the essence of like, oh, it's a silly animated show with this guy who does like cool adventure stuff or like uh, maybe like when he's riding the serpent, I'm trying to think of something that's like related at least to Aang as a character and not calling him Kuzan. Cause that's like the most odd part yeah. is that like they call it, they call the main character by a different name. <laughs> it's just that, like, that, like high Kuzan is imprinted into my brain. Cause I've heard it probably like a million times now. Oh, hi Kuzan. Like I heard that <laughs> hovering over Netflix so many times. Yeah. yeah it, it like comes up all the time. Uh, yeah. Anytime like I'm watching shows, sometimes I'll just like see the scene just to like be like, great. I've, checked in with avatar today and then keep going so definitely the scene i've seen most out of avatar uh we do get like a pretty cool uh not really fight but we get a cool i guess dance uh between <laughs> ang and the fire nation kid so the kid who's like a school bully calls him some colony trash and doesn't want him uh doesn't want ang showing his girlfriend any cool moves so instead, uh, instead of Anji getting to see some cool dance moves, she gets to see Aang uh, do some cool moves to evade him. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this fight, Zach? Uh, I mean, it's cool seeing Aang using like this, like Aikido almost just like evading and eluding. But ultimately, it's like, I just hate, I hate Hide. That's his name. Hide, mm-hmm. I think, the little Fire Nation bully so much. He, this douchebag attacked Aang for responding to his girlfriend. That doesn't even <laughs> mean Aang was just responding to a question. So, and he attacks him for no reason. So I was happy to see this guy just get like embarrassed. So. So, yeah. so you're saying it's okay for Aang to flirt with uh, Anji because she's the one who started it? Well, I, I mean, Aang shouldn't be flirting with her, but Aang is just like, I don't know if Aang's flirting or he's just saying he wants to teach her some dance moves. Like, I don't know, is that flirting? I think Aang's just being Aang. Yeah, I and, think Aang's just being nice. And I think also Anji, Anji is not, uh, she's not property. Uh, if, if if she wants to, uh, <laughs> if she wants to <laughs> learn dances from Aang, she, you know, is strong enough to learn dances from Aang. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hide is not strong enough to land a single blow on Aang, though, because he keeps coming after him, uh, and every time he tries to strike, like Aang's just like sliding between him. At one point, he like goes through his legs, uh, which is like hilarious. He's just like constantly like evading him. I really do like this. Usually, we've seen Aang like be a little bit more aggressive in his fights. Uh, he's like actually been like fighting people. Uh, but this does feel like very much season one Avatar, uh, where he's just like evading the Fire Nation. He's like getting past the blasts. Uh, I'm not really sure this is a fight. Zach, should we spoil it and say whether we're going to rank this one? I don't think we should rank this one, to be honest. I don't think this counts as a fight. Sounds good to me. So I we think, can spoil it. I think it. you could call it a fight, but it, you couldn't call it a battle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good if, point. If, if you're ranking the battle of the battles, then it, this is certainly not a battle. That, okay, that is actually a great point. Uh, and I think it's a very good justification for why we're not gonna, why we're not gonna rank it. Uh, it, yeah, definitely a fight, not a battle. All right. I, 
I appreciate that. Also, yeah, I, I I love to look up. Um, so especially whenever I'm, while I'm watching animated things, I love to look up. You know, who are these voices? Where else have I heard these voices? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this guy Hide is voiced by uh, Matthew Underwood of Zoe 101 fame. He plays uh, Logan on Zoe 101. Oh, another, wow. another douchebag school kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback. I forgot all about Logan yep. and Zoe 101. I used to love that show. Wanted to go to PCA, Pacific Coastal Academy or whatever their school was called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, this guy's got a type. Uh, his voice and his face, I guess, is just, uh, yeah, bully. Oh, also, speaking of which, this bully starts tearing up when the teacher comes, I noticed. Like, <laughs> tears start flooding his eyes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, this is, like, a, a total, like, crocodile tear type situation where, like, these are totally fake. Like, I, I'm yeah. over it. Like, that, that was always so annoying when, like, you get in a, like, a small skirmish or whatever uh, on the playground, and then someone would go and complain and be like, he hit me. And it's like, what? Like, you were doing the same thing. Like, get over it. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's like how, how all of the elementary schools have these, like, quote-unquote, no-tolerance policies for fighting. That, like, even if you're standing up for yourself and you hit a kid back, then then you also get in trouble. But yeah. Aang didn't even hit him. Yeah. Aang, Aang moved out of the way, and, and the kid fell face-first into the ground. Yeah, although... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you want Aang to do in this situation. That, that's fair. I mean, yeah, because you don't even know he's like an airbender. Like, you don't know you could have saved him with some air. Like, uh, yeah, give him a break. He's just living his life. Um, but this headmaster's not very happy. He says, we got to meet with your parents. Uh, and uh, yeah, you got to bring him after school. Don't be late. Uh, so then we get, uh, yeah, the the most iconic parents uh, of all time. We get Sokka and Katara <laughs> posing as parents. Uh, no bigger than like three inches taller than Aang. They clearly look like <laughs> children. Uh, but the headmaster is going to fall for it uh, completely. Sokka starts off by saying that their name is Fire, Wang Fire. And this is my wife, Sapphire. Uh, th- this is great. This is like one of the better jokes in Avatar. I love this. I love that we get Wang Fire show up again later in the series. This is fantastic. Yeah, this is, this is definitely before Sokka learns how to just pick a generic name like Lee. Correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is disappointing. Uh, I think that's like what two weeks away, and he and he doesn't go with Wang Fire again. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was smarter to go with Lee than Wang Fire. So, yeah, that's fair. Although apparently Lee was as see through as Wang Fire was. Like the master's gonna tell like pretty quickly. Uh, so. Lee Lee is uh, the name that Zuko uses. Yes, uh, uh, Sokka uses a different name, and then the master's oh, like, "Oh, you should have okay. just picked a name like Lee." Oh, oh like you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I forget what the name that he picks is. Yeah, I don't either. Role. We'll get to it in two weeks. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, the the name the name Wangfire is just hilarious. Uh, and then the headmaster just like doesn't care at all that their name is Fire. Uh, he does care to like get in trouble. Uh, Kuzan like trying to get him in trouble. Um, yeah, Katara is like, oh no, that doesn't sound like Kuzan at all. And the headmaster's like, listen, if he acts up one more time, he's going to be sent to reform school, by which I mean the coal mine. <laughs> First off, terrible, terrible educational policy. And second off, they have captured earthbenders who can go to the coal mines and do the job 10 times more efficiently. Why do they need children to go to the coal mines? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Is it just like boarding school for the kids where it's just like they just torture them for a bit and then they come back like more like more well behaved? I don't know. I mean, that That's what it sounds like. But even just from an efficiency standpoint, like there are literal earthbenders that you can get to do this job for you. Like, I don't understand why you're getting children to go in the coal mines. Yeah, I think I think the coal mines could be like the Fire Nation's version of Lake Lao Guy. It's okay. like they they tell the parents that it's coal mines, but really it's just this like brainwashing thing to make them. That's yeah. some good head cannon. I, I f with that. That's good. I appreciate it. Although, like, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the Fire Nation might just like straight up tell the parents and be like, "What are you going to yeah. do? Like, your kid? We're we're, we're going to brainwash your kid. Like, what do you want to hear?" From <laughs> yeah, the the Fire Nation also seems like they'd be more like a like a survival of the fittest type place. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, if the kids die in the coal mines, they die in the coal mines. What do you want me to do about it? Yeah, it's also probably like uh, cheaper than getting a government drone to act as a canary. Like if you have the kid, <laughs> the kid, the kid probably gets sick, uh, whereas like drones are expensive. So, uh, you know, why not use the children? Um, anyway, Saka like fully goes like uh, angry dad is like, I'm going to chew this boy out. I'm going to straighten him out. Something mm-hmm. fierce. Uh, he says, you're going to get the punishment of the lifetime. And the headmaster just looks so pleased and so happy with himself um, that he's going to get punished. That That's just that's terrible. But uh, yeah, Sokka will be a great like uh, a great dad. He'll be the type of dad that's like going to get mad at you, but then just be like a silly, goofy guy most of the time. I feel like, yeah. Not to not to spoil anything in Korra, but I'm about to ask for spoilers for Korra. Do we ever get to see adult Sokka? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh we do we do get to see adult Sokka uh at some points. Cool. I, I haven't watched that yet. I know I want to, but I that is like next on my list is to work my way through Korra. Yeah. Uh yeah, without giving like uh like too too many spoilers uh we get a a touch of uh of young Sokka. or of, of old Sokka, i guess cool um but yeah um yes we we don't get like full like uh goofy dad uh mm-hmm. old Sokka would be great with dad jokes unquestionably unquestionably he's already great with the dad jokes like mm-hmm. he's got them he's got them absolutely rolling here um but yeah so then we the next thing we get is we get uh zuko uh and may they're sitting on a cliff uh and may has a very hot take saying that orange is an awful color uh, especially watching the sunset like that is where orange is reigning supreme i get if you're going to a grocery store and looking at carrots like mm-hmm. okay a little weird that your food's orange but a good sunset is beautiful uh and i've got to disagree with may here I think May is just being a little contrary in here, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, maybe like pandering to Zuko a little bit, because Zuko does say, you're so beautiful when you hate the world, uh, <laughs> which weird. And then they do like the grossest thing ever, where instead of saying they like each other, they're like, I don't hate you. I don't hate you too. And then mm. they kiss. Like, just say you like each other. Like, it's, yeah. it's very much like the, the fault in our stars when they're like instead of saying always we're just gonna say okay maybe okay maybe i don't hate you can be our always uh sure yeah okay sort of except that like i don't hate you just like 
it, it just questions like, why would you say that? Like, I didn't think that you hated me, but now that you've said <laughs> I hate you, like I'm a little bit nervous. So yeah. if you have to say it, it sounds like you're lying. Yeah. Yeah. Like usually when I don't hate someone, I like would never say I don't hate you or like I would give like a positive affirmation, you know, like I, I like you, like be affirmative here, but whatever. It works for the two of them. They're all broody all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But orange is not an awful color though. That I will like definitively say orange, especially with sunsets. Great color. Yeah. It's beautiful. So orange sunsets are beautiful. Is there a color that we do think is awful? Hmm. I think all colors have their pros and cons. There's no color I really think is that awful. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think. mm, If I had to think about it, uh, yeah, maybe there's there's certain shades of some colors that are kind of gross. Maybe like a like a like a pukey color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, that that's definitely one of the worst ones. Uh, When I was watching the World Cup in like. I don't know, 2012 or something, my TV started glitching uh, and all of the colors got like totally messed up uh, and it made the green soccer field just look like a, like a yellowish green soccer Mm. field. And it was so unappealing to look at, but I wanted to watch the world cup so badly, but it was like, it was just nasty to watch. Like essentially uh, like it was sort of like a yellow ball go on a puke field. It was gross. <laughs> there you go. That is that is a not great color. But yeah, most colors are pretty. I don't know why May is like trashing on orange. Orange is a nice one. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what's your favorite color? Uh, when I was a kid, it used to be red. But I think now my favorite color is blue. Because whenever I wear something blue, I look good. So okay. that's what I go with. And, and dark blue, light blue? Uh, either or. It doesn't really matter. All shades of blue are fine with me. Okay. Yeah. Glad to get to know a little bit more about you on the podcast. Will, what about you? I love a good green. Okay. Um, I, I, so I actually, my, my university I went to, our colors were orange and black. So I'm a little bit biased towards orange. Uh, we had, we had this whole thing called Orange Friday where, you know, we were supposed to wear orange every Friday as like a uh, school spirit or something. Um, um Every Friday, people were so like, yeah, I, I own a lot more orange clothing than average uh, just because I got a lot of free t-shirts and things. Yeah, because I would think like unless I went to like a school uh, that like was orange, I only have like one orange thing in my wardrobe. So I would be wearing the same thing every Friday, which yeah. Like, yeah. But I guess if you go to the school, like I'm sure yes. you like shirts and stuff. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, anytime you're a you're a freshman in college, there's like a million free T-shirts everywhere that people are trying to give you. Yes, uh, that is very nice. About half my wardrobe is still like maroon for that exact reason. Uh, <laughs> great, I love the free shirts. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I think my favorite color is like a dark blue, though. It's just it's a nice, pretty color. So there you go. Um, Oh wait, actually, the weird question. Uh, Will, do you associate green with a color three? Hmm. Oh, no, I meant that. <laughs> I should have said what number do you associate green with? Can yeah, I, I I don't know that I have any. So I have a friend who has this this uh, synesthesia between numbers and colors. I don't think I have that. Okay. Um, I, mine is very loose, except for green and three. Like. They just seem so linked together. It's not explainable mm-hmm. why, but is it that long E sound? <laughs> green and three, green, 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 three. Yeah, maybe. 
Now I just sound like I'm crazy saying green. <laughs> they both have the R and the double E. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that is, maybe that is it. They're just like phonetically close. Is, is, is blue also two? No, blue's one, red is okay. two. If if I had okay. to make something, but those are like so much more loose than green. Mm-hmm. Three. Like green three is like green three science. Like all of these things mm-hmm. are green. Now green science, I agree with. Okay, and and green three science. I feel like that's the perfect trifecta right mm-hmm. there. Yellow is history class. Uh, really, history okay. class was always like orange or brown for me because I guess my okay. textbook. Yeah, I I never had like I never would always have a yellow so. Yellow or orange, whatever was the fourth color would be would be uh, history. Mm-hmm. But is red math and blue English? Nah, for yeah. me, blue was math. Personally, yeah, okay. yeah, I had it flipped. Okay, I, I, um, I mean, now the only classes I take are math. So now for me, it's like it, it, different types of math is different colors. Blue is algebra. Oh, Very okay. Um, I literally was going to say like, okay, so Linal is blue and like mm-hmm. calculus is red. Like, great. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, perfect. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be very confusing if you still stuck to the same system. So you had like four blue folders and you're like, okay, these are all math. <laughs> I can't break the distinction between them. So I just, I got I to gotta guess. Uh, green is geometry for those curious. Green is geometry. Okay. Yeah. And that also, that has some three energy to it because triangle geometry geometry yeah i mean <laughs> the link is just so clear and i just want someone to explain it to me one day um what were we talking about i we were talking we were. about uh may and zuko when they were like looking at the sunset <laughs> and then azula comes and interrupts them yeah. azula is about to come up and block zuko's chakras <laughs> uh, she's blocking something else not the chakras that was a really good joke <laughs> okay well um, uh. yeah so yeah Azula does uh, chakra block a little bit here <laughs> she does the classic like <laughs> too, which is pretty funny yes uh, the, the one that Will just did on mute uh, the <laughs> uh, no that was because I uh, choked on my water Oh no! Oh, wow. I made myself laugh while I was drinking water. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. We're is good. It bottled water? It's a can of water. What? Like it comes in a can? Oh, it's, it's like it's seltzer. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, Target brand strawberry mango sparkling water. I mean, no free ads, but uh, is it worth getting? I think it's pretty good. Okay, I will go try it out. Um, I will do that over my. I will drink some of that over my noodle art. Nice. Um, anyway, okay, so yeah, they like Azula gets May away. Uh, then she talks to Zuko saying, like, Oh, did you go visit Uncle Fatso in prison town, uh, or prison tower? Which is just disrespectful. Like, I know he's like a portly chap, uh, as Zach is one to call him, but like, Uncle Fatso, that's true. <laughs> Uncle Fatso is just rude. That is like disrespectful. Like, don't talk about people's bodies, uh, especially like that. Yeah, that's just a really mean thing to say about anybody, to be honest, Uncle Fat. So what do you, what did Iroh do to Azula? Why does Azula hate Iroh so much? Is it just because he's like the embodiment of all things good and she's the embodiment of all things not? I mean, she probably like knows that he sees through her like quite well. I think mm-hmm. that Uncle Iroh sees her motivations quite clearly. And I think mm-hmm. that probably is very vulnerable uh, for her because so often she is like five or six steps ahead of everyone else. Like, you know, she is like 
always masterminding things and someone who can see through all of that is very dangerous to her. So that's my guess why uh, she's like not a fan, but calling him Uncle Fatso is a bit much. Mm. Oh, you're right. Um, anyway, so then Zuko gives it away by saying like, oh, like the guard told you. And she's like, no, you did. And it's like, damn, she's so good at this. Like, mm-hmm. like no wonder she uh, she won our fake Survivor season. Yeah. Now. Yeah, true. She's just so good at the manipulating, the conniving. She's just a genius. Yeah, yeah. I, I never noticed until now just how much Zuko looks like a violin uh, because she played him like a fiddle here. <laughs> oh, 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 you have me in the first half. I was confused. I was like, where are you going with this? When you started the sentence, I was like, does he look like a violin? <laughs> and then I caught up and I was like, ah, it's a funny joke. I was trying to think, it's like, the, is his hair like the part of the violin? That's what I was trying to like make it make sense. Zach and I are just like completely lost. Will's over here, comedic genius, and we're just, we're just barely, barely hanging on. Um, anyway, uh, Azula says she's looking out for him. Like, obviously not. She's only looks out for numero uno, uh, but that's what we get from that scene. We go back to the cave where Sokka's like, all right, we're done with school. Like, we're not doing that anymore. Aang's like, no, I like, I really like being normal. Like, you get to be normal all the time, Sokka. Which is <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Aang, you were really holding on to that ammunition. Uh, didn't know you felt that strongly. Um, yeah. But, uh, yep. And then we get like Aang's plan. Uh, he says he wants to change the place for the better. He wants to throw them a secret dance party. Uh, yeah, what, what what are your thoughts on this plan from Aang to make their lives better by throwing a secret dance party? It's like a bad plan because they could easily get caught, which they almost end up doing because Hide snitches. But that being said, it's coming from a good place because Aang, like like Toph says earlier, Aang's like making it a better place for these like Fire Nation youngsters, like introducing them to fun. So it's a good idea. Like it's a nice gesture from Aang. Yeah, yeah, I I, I appreciate the gesture. Uh, I think it's like you know, nice for him to try to do. Ultimately, like, it's a very stupid risk, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just so, like senior skip day. You can't tell everyone in class without the teachers finding out. Yeah. Yeah, or else they'll, like, have a mandatory meeting, and then you have to go to the beginning, and yeah, then it's this whole thing. you're late to lunch, and, like, <laughs> I mean, come on, it's just, like, so, so much work. Uh, yeah. But then we, we see that, uh, you know, Team Avatar knows how to throw a party. Uh, because True. we have Toph like be able to make a whole stage in this cave. Uh, yeah. Very clutch. Like Earthbenders are so useful. True. This is kind of a quiet Toph episode. So that's mm-hmm. one like the one knock gets it. She doesn't get too much dialogue here. <laughs> yeah, the, the foot joke uh, is very funny. I think. Uh, True. But I agree. Toph definitely like takes a bit of a backseat here. Uh, they send uh, Appa out. Appa's not able to uh, go in, even though Appa apparently has fancier feet than anybody. I have to say, in a dance-off between Appa and Momo, I think I'm taking Momo. Is, is that a hot take? No, I've seen lighter on his feet. And we've seen Momo dance. We saw him dance in the Tales of Boss 6 8. He's mm. not a bad dancer. We saw him do the... When the music that's like... Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. I know that we're about to see Momo like breaking it down. We're about to go crazy with it. Like, yeah, I, I kind of wish we got to see Appa dance, though. I, I feel like we missed out on something. Nah, you're right. We did miss out, sadly, but understandably so. 
Yeah. Uh, now I've got one question. Uh, we see a bunch of kids playing instruments on the platforms that Toph creates. How did they get these instruments? There's no way the Fire Nation lets them take them home. Uh, so how did these kids get the instruments to play? I think the Fire Nation must let them take them home because they have to practice at home, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if they're doing home music homework, you've got to practice somewhere. Hmm. I just feel if, like... If they're going to be good music students, they should practice at home. Yeah. I mean, did you hear them? They weren't that great. <laughs> maybe they need to practice more. <laughs> that's oh. true. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, what, maybe that's what they said. They're like, hey, we'd like to practice more. And the music teacher's like, oh, you do? Of course. Like, please take the instruments home. Okay, that makes sense. I'm, I'm curious how they weren't like suspicious that there was just a stage in a cave. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that, I don't think this is a, a, a naturally occurring rock formation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, but I guess the kids were not wise. Yeah, you know. I mean, these are 12 year olds making noodle art. Like, I don't think they've gotten to rock formations yet. Uh, I feel like you could have told them anything and they would have been like, sure, this is a, uh, this is good enough for me. Yeah. We, we've seen their education. Yeah. if the fire nation had actual good schooling then okay maybe maybe we would actually see like uh one kid be like um is this actually like a a natural rock formation but no one's speaking up and saying that now so um yeah then uh the kids are just standing around they don't really know what to do uh like a little bit confused uh and they're like what what do we do? And Aang's like, y- you dance. Like, that's the whole part of Secret Dance Party. Like, it should have been on the flyer that this is what you're here for. Like, I don't get the confusion. And then one of the kids is like, I don't think my parents want me dancing in a cave. And it's just like, <laughs> who cares what your parents think? Come on, kid. <laughs> I feel like that kid needs some therapy. Like, he feels, he looks so free when he starts dancing later. Uh, and then, like, immediately it gets shut down. But, like, I really just want the best thing for that kid. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you could give me a spinoff of that kid having a great life and I'd be quite happy. Is this the same kid who, when he's dancing, he's like, it's, it's like my inhibitions just disappear. Yes, it is that kid. <laughs> it is that kid who's just like, he's so happy. He feels so free. And there's no way he ever danced again because like his parents probably told him no. And he was like, I don't want to make him upset. Um, this kid's great. The other kid that's great is the one who just like, full on goes for it. He's the one who's like flailing all around, like <laughs> no rhythm at all, but just having the time of his life. I really appreciated that kid as well. He's like doing a of... sprinkler at some point. <laughs> and he's, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. Doing, he's doing something that kind of looked like he was Millie rocking even. Yeah. When, when he, like, <laughs> yeah the kid, he like, stri- I was like, damn, this is way ahead of its time. Uh, yeah. like, that was that was uh, wild when I saw that. I did like uh, I did pause it, go back, and was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> okay, I see you. I see you. What moves? Um, so then, Aang decides to show a few different dances. Uh, we get the Phoenix Flight, which is him going on his legs and somehow like doing squats or something or doing lunges. Uh, it was a huge workout. And then the I'm going to mess up the name. It, camel elephant strut. Camel elephant strut. Yeah. The, camel elephant the, way, strut. the way he said it was so much more uh, clean, but yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciated both of the dances that he was doing here. Uh, yeah. He looked pretty good. What's your guys' go-to dance move on the dance floor? Hmm. Hmm. 
Mine was probably the Carlton. It was just easy. Just it's not unusual. Da, 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 da. So it was just yeah. easy go to it. Everyone usually gets into it. So <laughs> yeah, I I feel like so I'm not good at dancing, but I Me feel neither. like I commit. I commit pretty hard to to dancing, uh, even though I'm not very good. So I feel like I like to like make like big rhythmic movements and then just hope that I can piece them together in a way that looks decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, when I'm going out dancing, there are other people dancing around me. People aren't really paying attention to me specifically. So I just kind of go for it. Uh, I don't really have a specific move, though. It's more so just uh, I, I think I'm closer to the kid that's just flailing about than anything, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Will, what's your go to dance move? Yeah, I mean, everything just kind of starts with a little like back and forth step touch kind of thing. And then, you know, the the rest of the body figures it out from there. Was that jazz hands I saw when the rest of the body was figuring it out? Oh, like, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I dance with my elbows a lot. Um, okay. Not to not to out myself as being very white. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you had done that early on. This but I, 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 th- I think uh, I think uh, you know this scene right here maybe explains why things like the cha cha slide and the cupid shuffle are very popular. Yes. You get a big yeah. group of people who doesn't know how to dance. Give them a song that tells them exactly what to do, and all of a sudden they can dance. The Macarena. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's very true. It is a lot more efficient when you tell them exactly what to be doing. Oh, the 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 Macarena is actually a great dance. It works with any song. Uh, one time, uh, this is I guess a question that'll come up later. I get actually we can answer it now. Uh, does anyone have any good middle school dance stories? This was asked by a few people. Uh, one time I stood in the back and I did the Macarena for an hour and a half. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't always doing it, but I, there was a group that I got to do the Macarena the entire dance. Like <laughs> I, I just thought it was hilarious. I went in the back. I started doing it to myself. Everyone came down to the back and we just did the Macarena the entire night. Uh, it was quite fun. So yeah, that, that's, that's always a good, uh, go-to one. Does anyone else have any good middle school dance, uh, stories? No, I don't got any. I never went to dances in middle school. So Ken actually doesn't have a middle school. We go from elementary to high school. Okay. So yeah, and I didn't go to any dances, mm-hmm. sadly. So I don't got no good stories. Yeah, I don't think I have any 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 good middle school dance. The only the only middle school dance thing uh, that I've seen recently. My brother just got married this past summer. Oh, a couple nice. of months ago. Um, and he he and his wife. Uh, they have a picture of the two of them dancing together at the middle school dance. Uh, so it's, it's very cute. <laughs> that is that is very cute. Uh, that is great. Um, anyway, so yeah, Toph remarks about how they can dance. We get back to another small Zuko scene. Uh, this time Zuko gives him uh, some food, some Komodo chicken. Uh, he says that he needs some advice because he knows the Avatar is still alive. He knows he's out there and he's losing his mind. He asks for help uh, and then before Uncle Iroh says anything, uh, he decides to leave. He tells him off, uh, and Uncle Iroh like has a tear leave his face. Uh, this is a place where I think Uncle Iroh should have said something. I think that he should have been a person there, um, to be like a bigger person and said like, Hey, like, you know, we can figure it out or something. I don't know. Like, I feel like he could have said something here. Uh, it's tough though. Cause what would he have said that can appease Zuko here? There are very few things he could have said. And it, you can see Iroh struggling with it. I mean, he obviously wants to say something, but he just can't. And he's dealing yeah. with that. That's why he sheds the single tear. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it, it is sad here. I'm not really sure what could have been said. Uh, Will, do you think you should have spoken up in this moment? Um, I think I think generally Iroh just knows what he's doing, and and maybe in the short term, uh, you know, Zuko's first thought is, oh well, I gotta really kill the Avatar for real. But I I think I think Iroh knows that like any anything he could say in this moment is not going to be nearly as important as letting Zuko discover for himself what he needs to do. Yeah, no, that that is true. Uh, if you can like get the idea in Zuko's head himself, it'll like stick a lot better. Uh, you know, Inception, mm-hmm. all that jazz. Uh, yeah, go into his dreams. Maybe you can do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty effective. Uh, you know, I've seen it work once or twice. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, th- this is a bit sad uh, that we leave off there with the Iroh, but uh, we get back to the party and it is in full swing. Uh, Aang is teaching them how they dance in Bossing Say, uh, which is essentially just like a step touch with a little arm action. I feel like this is a move I could pull off the dance mm-hmm. floor. Um, and then at one point he says, "That's the sound of happy feet." And for some reason, I was like, "What?" Like the Penguin movie. Yeah, I've seen the movie before. That's not the sound of happy feet. Um, but yeah, so then they start dancing. Uh, Aang runs over, uh, go goes and gets Katara, and is like, "Hey, come on, let's dance." She's like coming up with excuses, mm-hmm. and he just does the most smooth thing ever. Where he just smiles and he says, "Take my hand." Oh my god! When I say I almost fainted, like mm-hmm. so smooth, this man. Well, and, and right before this, you see Katara like mad jealous that Aang is dancing with Anji. Yeah. This is like uh, Sokka's like, oh, they, they kind of look good together. And Katara's like, if I guess if you're into that. <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad, bad She's look. She's definitely from, jealous. Bad look from Katara here being jealous because Aang really is just trying to make these people happy. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like she makes up for it when she like decides to, yeah, go with it. She takes his hand. They start dancing. Uh, mm-hmm. is like everyone's watching and then this is what made me just melt he said don't worry about them it's just you and me right now mm-hmm. and he oh, gives her that look where he like kind of tilts his head down a little bit uh take notes like oh my god that was that was so mm-hmm. uh so smooth and their performance is pretty damn good they're like both doing like backflips on the spot and stuff they have some like crazy mm-hmm. coordination here some amazing dance moves yeah yeah i agree maybe we can like keep working in the the listener feedback as we go but sure uh, so so john wrote in uh have, have you all seen arrested development mm-hmm okay uh not in full but okay. <laughs> i'll try uh, i haven't seen season five but uh sure. I saw is, all of the like original run. Yeah. So so he says, uh in the canon, uh Katara here is acting as Aang's mother. So is this just a mother boy? <laughs> it's mother boy. <laughs> which, which, anyone, which, anyone who knows the rest of development, I think is hilarious. Because yeah, this is uh. like it like to all the kids, they see Katara, who's supposedly Aang's mom, and Aang dancing, like with all of his tension between them. Uh yeah, it is Mother Boy. Mother Boy XXX, and I'm sure they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that that you found it funny. I'm sure uh John, I, I appreciated the joke quite a bit. When I read this, I literally laughed out loud and then uh yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought this was great. But anyway, yes, this was this was the mother boy moment of Avatar. We didn't know we needed. Um, anyway, so then we we cut to uh, the different group. This is the headmaster and a bunch of rando soldiers walking in. 
Uh, and we see this little snitch telling uh, that they were having a dance party. The snitches get stitches. Like, come on, Hide, step it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was he not invited, or was he just so salty that he didn't want to go? I think it's the latter. I think he was just so salty he didn't want to go. Ang's nice enough where he would have extended the olive branch and invited him. Ang's not that type of guy, so Ang probably invited him and he just decided to snitch. Terrible. The worst. Absolute um, worst. Yeah, so and this is like right as the other kid is like finally feeling uh, like his inhibitions disappear. Uh, as soon as the headmaster comes back, he's like, okay, they're back again. Um, <laughs> Then, then we do get a nice moment where they're trying to chase down the boy with the headband. Uh, so instead of being able to catch Aang, all of the kids start putting on headbands, uh, sort of having like, uh, like no, I'm Spartacus moment. Uh, mm-hmm. where, like no one can be tracked down. Uh, I, I, I like this. This was very cute that they let him get away uh, by doing this. They start chasing people around. They keep finding everyone else. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, suspiciously, all of the kids kind of do look like Aang. Yeah, I mean, they're all putting on headbands and then, like, deliberately hiding their faces. So, the, from the back, it's just, like, someone with dark hair and a headband. But but even when they turn around, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, they kind of do look like Aang. There is the one kid with the teeth who does look a lot mm-hmm. like Aang. Yeah, yeah even I, sounded like him, too. Yeah. yeah, I was like, give him one more year and, like, I wouldn't be able to tell them apart myself. And I watch the show every week, so like I don't know how these uh, Fire Nation soldiers have any chance. But um, anyway, they're they're not able to find him. Uh, Team Avatar is able to sneak out the side. Uh, the headmaster also has to get onto the soldiers who start dancing a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe they continue the dance party after they're gone after the headmaster leaves. Um, but but then we wrap up the episode. Uh, they start flying away on Appa. Team Avatar is safe. Uh, They tell uh, Sokka that he can take off his mustache, but no, uh, it's permanently glued to his skin and that's going to stay on his, uh, stay on his face. And I definitely relate to this. Uh, You know, (laughs) once, once you embrace the mustache life, it's really hard to go back. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fair. I, I've not embraced it myself, but now I know like uh, it's like a danger. Like once you're on it, you're hooked. Yeah. Um. Yep. So then, uh, the team avatar ends with a nice little flamio, sir, flamio. And we get introduced to quite the character. We get introduced to Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Boom, Man. Um, and yeah, Zuko says, like, Hey, uh, I have a secret for you. The avatar's alive. I want you to find him and end him. Uh, and we see him as we fade to black. Again, another Avatar episode ending in peril. And there you go. That is the episode. Quite a fun one to recap. I had a lot of yeah. fun going through this. Yeah, this was this was a blast. It was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what are your overall thoughts on the episode after recapping it? Uh, yeah, what, what were you liking about this episode? I enjoyed it. I think this is a solid episode. The comedy just lands on all levels. Aang is great in this episode. Him interacting with all the Fire Nation students and stuff. Uh, what I didn't love is the Zuko stuff. I mean, we kind of just cut back to it randomly for like 15 to 30 second snippets. So that knocks the episode down a little bit for me. But overall, just the overall comedy with Aang just as a Fire Nation student was great. So yeah. I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, yeah. I, like there are episodes that are like 
more important to the plot. There's episodes that are uh, like maybe deeper or have like more emotionally charged moments, but there are very few episodes that are more fun. And I feel like this episode is just so fun. I love the footloose of it all. Uh, like I love the whole like, you know, Aang getting to live a sort of normal life and being uh, being a kid. I really enjoyed that. Will, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. On the yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the Zuko stuff is a little bit weak. Um, but uh, maybe sets up for better stuff later. I I agree. I think this is a very fun episode, especially coming off of last week. There was a lot of like table setting for the the third book. And before that, the, the super heavy episodes, uh, this is just a, a real nice, like cool down to, to something that's just a fun children's cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it gives us some dance moves to do at our next party, like the step touch yeah. arm thing. Like, I'm I'm doing that the next time I'm going out. Like, uh, <laughs> that's actually a good dance. Honestly, it's pretty it's easy. It's like the to reverse do. Carlton almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so perfect. Yeah, I mean, this episode has like a lot of laughs, a lot of fun moments. I really did enjoy it. Uh, let's get to the episode rankings. Every week, we rank the episodes between zero and four cabbages. We take my score, Zach's score, the guest score, and the listener score. We average all of those up, and we get the official Aang in their score. As always, you can write in your score, avatar at postshowrecaps.com, tweet us at postshowrecaps, or get in touch with us any other way to give us your score. Uh, but let's go with Zach's score first. Zach, where are you on the headband? I'm going to give the headband a 3.4 out of 4. Okay. A That's my score. 3.4 out of 4. Yep. Well, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm in a similar category. I think it's really good. I think it, it's certainly not one of the, the best best. I was in a similar spot to Zach, but now I kind of want to give a shout out to, uh, to No Dice Dan and give it a 3.51. <laughs> nice. 3.51 miles. 3.51 miles. I love it. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, the listeners are right about there uh, with Dan. Dan, if you would have run just like another block, would have gotten the listener <laughs> score. A 3.53 from the listeners. But I'm going to go ahead and go over the top here. A 3.8 is what this episode's getting from me. I really had so much fun watching this. Like, I watched it earlier in the week. This morning, I watched it again. And the whole time, I was like, this is such a fun episode. I was so excited to come on here. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and boost the score up a little bit. A 3.52 for the episode itself. Actually, does that work out? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Wait, Will, you're the math expert sounds here. About, you sounds about right. Well, I did, I did um, it on the calculator, so I don't think I did it wrong. Um, Let's see. Our... our, our all four things counting equally? Yeah. So 3.8 plus 3.4 plus 3.51 and 3.3. Yeah. Uh, okay. out. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Great. I can, I can type numbers into a calculator. Uh, that's embarrassing that I didn't think I could. But okay. A 3.52 final answer um, for the episode. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of fun. No battle of the battle this week for us. Uh, yeah. There was a fight, but not a battle. Two more questions or yeah, two more questions that we hadn't gotten to yet. Uh, the professor wrote in and said, which nation's school system would you most want to participate in? Uh, Daniel says it's a toss up between air and water, but he'd go air. I'd be curious to know uh, what you all are thinking, Zach. Uh, what school system would you want to go into? I go with air. I like Macchiato's hands on teaching style. He seems like a mm-hmm. solid teacher, so I'd want to be taught by the air nomads. 
Yeah, you have to be next to the smelly kid all day, uh, which <laughs> probably makes it worse. Like Ginju, I believe is his name. Like I'm not sure I'd want to be next to him while he stinks up the classroom. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, Will, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely between water and air. I think water would have the very much like a like a good homeschool. Like, like almost like a co-op where you're with a bunch of families who are kind of homeschooling together. Yeah. Um, but I do think the, the air, the hands-on approach, I think, I think that's probably what I'd go with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I am going to go with water. Like, obviously, Earth would be so boring. Like, Earth is just like probably like rote memorization. And we see the Fire Nation's like literally propaganda. I, I think the Water Nation, like, I, I enjoyed school. Like, I had a fun time doing school stuff. I think like, having something that's like probably a bit more tangible, I think I might enjoy more. So I think maybe I would like the water approach more than the air. Uh, maybe that's just cause I'm not so great at like the, the esoteric type stuff. So yeah, I, I think those are definitely the two best school systems for sure. Uh, and then one last question for, uh, from Felipe was Ang a problem child or did his teachers just suck? I think his teachers just sucked. I mean, you went into it in great detail, mm-hmm. in detail, how all his teachers should be fired. So, yeah, I think his teachers just suck. I think Ang's not even... And you want your students to be enthusiastic in a learning environment. You want your students to have that enthusiasm about learning. So, I, I don't think Ang was that much of a problem child here. Yeah. Uh, you know, he actively was a bit annoying, especially with the uh, the Pledge of Allegiance or the Oath. Okay, that was bad. I'll admit, like the blah, 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 that was pretty bad. Okay, so he was being a problem child there. But overall, like talking back about the Air Nomad stuff and playing the Sungi Horde enthusiasm, yeah. I thought overall he wasn't necessarily a problem child. I mean, when when the system is as bad as it is, how much of a problem child can you be? That's true. Yeah. Uh, that's like they are operating within a very broken system. Uh, yeah, like any kid who steps out of line is a problem child. Um, so yeah, there you go. That is our listener feedback. As always, thank you so much to the people that write in. We genuinely do appreciate it. Uh, and you can always write in avatar at postshowrecaps.com or tweet us at postshowrecaps. Um, what else? Oh, yes. The T-Quartet. The T-Quartet, yeah. Of course. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I nearly forgot. So we'll be doing the T Quartet this week uh, from characters uh, from King of the Hill. Uh, I believe we'll do Hank, Peggy, Bobby, and Dale. Yeah. Uh, Should we explain the T Quartet what it is? Yeah, yeah. Because last before we start, we did it last time. We just jumped into it. So the T Quartet, it's basically we take four characters from a piece of media or four different objects, don't even have to be characters, and we slot them into a bending type. That's pretty much all it is. Yes, thank you. I almost got to the again where like we did the whole segment and I was like, ah, we forgot to explain it again. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. Uh yeah, I this is a show I used to watch uh like quite a bit. Uh I'm pretty sure it's set in like Garland, Texas, uh, which is like yeah. The the town is called Arlen, Texas, but it's it's a fictional town that's like kind of a mixture between Arlington and Garland. Yeah. Well, I, I literally used to live like uh like next to Garland, Texas. I would drive through all the time and I would be like, this is not what like King of the Hills like at all. Like not one bit. Um but yeah, this is uh yeah, this this is a show that I like used to watch and I'm not sure my mom ever liked me watching it, but uh there you go. Uh Will. I, I heard I heard uh, you have an impression here. I I love this show uh, mostly because I 
um, know so many people who are like the people on this show. I I grew up in in pretty rural Oklahoma, uh, mm-hmm. so lots of the people on the show are are like the reason this show is so funny is because it's so real. Um, and yeah, before I watched Avatar, uh, I did a year long rewatch of the entirety of King of the Hill, all thirteen seasons. What? Um, it is it you know like it was the show that I put on while I was doing homework or grading or something like that. But I, I did watch all thirteen seasons of King of the Hill in a year. Uh and it's it's so funny. The, does it hold up when you watch a bunch back to back? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I I like I think there are moments that are still like surprisingly dark from a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um but but it's it's such a good satire on on rural america mm-hmm. um i i i love this show so much okay perfect uh you know i love uh hearing about other people's passion uh i'm glad uh that i can hear uh about like the the show that you love what who do you love the most out of the show like what characters either are so real that they that you love them or are so absurd that you love them um bobby is great Bobby yes. uh is is so funny uh, and he he always has like different interests in every episode. Um Dale might be my favorite funniest character. He's you know so like he's skeptical of the government and thinks everything. Yep. He Dale would be big in on the birds aren't real thing. I, I would love to say <laughs> he has the birds are drones like t-shirt He's he's got the you know the pocket sand. He has a an alter ego, Rusty Shackleford, that he gives people this name so they don't know his real name. Um, yeah. Every character in this show is is hilarious to me. All right, well, well, perfect. So let's let's uh, blend you know the the universe of King of the Hill and Avatar. I I, I think there's like something that's obvious. Maybe I'll let you lead, and I'll like uh, you know provide uh like color commentary here but there, I do think there's one obvious one there were two that were very obvious to me the most obvious to me having seen the show a lot is that peggy is a firebender okay um everything that, that peggy does so many things that are like just to to show people that she says something at one point like now i'm finally getting the recognition that i give myself <laughs> or something like that. But like so many things she does are are incredibly like vindictive and you know she she likes to like she thinks very highly of herself even whenever she's not very good at whatever she's doing mm-hmm. uh she's the most likely to directly confront somebody um peggy is is very much very much a firebender yeah, I feel like she's also like, uh, yeah, she's like willing to to speak up. Like, I feel like, yeah, she mm-hmm. has the like the firebender traits about her. Uh, that's actually mm-hmm. not where I was going to go as the most obvious one. Um, I, m- maybe I'm off base, uh, but I I feel like Hank Hill is kind of an earthbender. Yes, that's the other obvious yeah. one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Hank Hill is the earthbender because he's like the person like. He's very much like uh, the guardian type. Like he, he seems like he just like follows the rules. He lives by like the customs. Like he like does what he's expected to do. He is like the stable. Like he, he does feel like the. He's also mm-hmm. like the lens that we see the show through. Like I, I do yeah. think he is probably the Earthbender. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm there's not there's the episode where like he's he's 
he doesn't want to vote for George Bush because he shook his hand and he had a limp handshake. And he, <laughs> he can't vote for a man with a limp handshake. Oh, dear. <laughs> right. and, and, and also, you know, propane comes from the earth. And he sells propane and propane accessories. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That that is true. Uh, I'm not sure. I've thought of people's uh, you know occupations is what puts them there. But you know, yeah, okay. I'm glad that's, not, I was. That's not. the thing about Hank is is propane is not just his occupation. It is his personality. <laughs> that, like, he was. There's an episode where he's giving a best man speech at a at a wedding. And he introduces himself as Hank Hill, best man, Strickland Propane. <laughs> that's great. That is that's hilarious. That that feels uh, big, like Bob Van's Van's refrigeration. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 That's great. All right. So so Hank is our Earth. Uh, Peggy's our fire. I, I like. I think Bobby's the air. I, have, I I don't see Dale as the airbender, but maybe you can convince me otherwise. Maybe okay. Maybe maybe I don't know much of the nuance between Airbender and Waterbender, and I could be convinced otherwise. I I have right now Bobby is my water and Dale is my air. My, my thought is like I've never seen a cynical Airbender, okay. uh, but I'm open to the idea of one. So so maybe pitch pitch me why why do you think uh, why do you think Bobby is our Waterbender and and uh, yeah. We well, I, th- I think of of everyone, he you know he most represents change. He's okay. very willing to you know pick up a new hobby or you know join the soccer team, join the track team, join the cheerleading squad, uh, be a ventriloquist, <laughs> take a, a, a women's self defense class, and yell, "That's my purse. <laughs> I don't know you." Um, well, I I think the the one scene that. He also does a bunch of things like for the sole purpose of trying to make other people happy, which I feel okay. like is is a very waterbender trait. The one the one scene that I think uh most clearly makes me think that that Hank is earth and Bobby is water is whenever they're having like a grill in the backyard uh and and Hank's like, "Oh, medium rare, the perfect way to have a steak." And Bobby comes up and he's like, uh, but dad, what do we do if they ask for their steak? Well done. And then uh, Hank's like, well, son, we asked them politely but firmly to leave. I think he's the he's the most like willing to accept some sort of change in the world and is the, the most like nurturing qualities about him where where Dale feels just very like evasive and and skittish about everything around him where if if he were in some some sort of fight he would be less likely to fight and more likely to just like run away and try not to get punched okay i i I appreciate that i feel like maybe the reason why dale might be the airbender is like the like isolationist uh like Mm -hmm. introverted parts of it and not necessarily like the, the like more jovial or like carefree part so I, I can see Dale as a very bad airbender. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the the pocket sand feels like a very like bad airbending tactic. <laughs> uh, yes, because you could not bend it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it would not work. There's air all around you, and instead you have some earth in your pocket. But yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, perfect. So there you go. Uh, that leaves Peggy as fire, uh, Hank as earth, Bobby as water, and Dale as air. 
Great. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um, I think that's all we have this week, Zach. Am I missing anything? No, nope, that's all we got this week. Fantastic. Will, thank you so much for coming on. This was yeah, thanks, thank you for having me. I'm, yeah, I'm thank you very much, to, Will. I'm happy to be here in the big leagues. <laughs> I, I I like to I like to brand myself as like a like a gift to all future podcast guests, so that okay. anyone who el- anyone else who comes on after me doesn't have to worry about being the worst podcast guest. Oh, uh, no, you're so not. You no, know, you're definitely well, not the worst. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like you've set the bar too high. Then you should have come in. You should have just like just like mess up should've, all of our ideas. Just like started like berating us for something. Like should have talked uh, more about bottled water. true that would have made you the worst (laughs) yes because i also would have talked about the whole time and zach would have just been sitting here like messaging us like please stop talking about bottled water (laughs) (laughs) but well it was an absolute blast having you on this it was so much thanks for having me talking avatar uh where can people hear more about all the things you have going on yeah you can you can follow me on all major social media at davis comma will um, the, the two podcasts that I do, if you want to hear my voice twice a week, roughly, uh, there's the, the aforementioned what you do in podcast, uh, with, uh, former guests Felipe and Navi, where, uh, we talk about Phineas and Ferb. Uh, this week we're doing a, uh, a Brant steal of, of Phineas and Ferb characters. We're in between seasons one and two. Uh, Felipe's a little bit upset because he think I, he thinks I stole someone in the draft from him. But, uh, you know, he could have picked him in any of the first first four rounds. That's this whole other thing. Um, Also, Everyone and Their Brother is a show that I do with my brother and two former co-workers uh, who are are great friends. It's it's a very fun show. We kind of talk about anything and everything. It's it's, quote unquote, that family dinner table experience. This this last week, we talked a lot about uh, different flavors of potato chips. Nice. Uh, but you can, you can find that at EATV podcast or EATV podcast.com and what you're doing at what you're doing pot. Perfect. Uh, I do appreciate the like weird banter, uh, that you all get into on, uh, everyone and their brother. I've listened to a few episodes and every time I do, I'm just like, this is great. <laughs> like the rabbit holes that you're going down are, are fantastic. Uh, yeah, there, the, there's one infamous episode where my brother and I are arguing about who is better at basketball between Clifford the big red dog and Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> <laughs> I- I think it's Clifford. That that was my that was my take. Yeah, I think Clifford would be so hard to score on. Yeah, like unless goaltending is like in like very uh, in force because I feel like Clifford like would not be able to not goaltend. It'd just be too difficult, like based on the body. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Clifford would would put up some crazy numbers. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, definitely check all that stuff out. Zach, where can people keep up with you? People can find me on Twitter at Zach Muhammad thirty two. And where can they find you, Jacob? On Twitter at JK Redman, uh, and also talking Scooby Doo with Felipe, uh, where we have lots of fun over on the Brazilian Dragon Pod. Um, sweet. That is all we have for you this week. Next week, Zach and I will be back uh, to talk another episode of Avatar. Until then, see you next time. Peace out, everyone. Bye. for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.